Can you be quiet, please? Thank you. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. There's local politics, bud. I want to shake his hand. I want to shake his hand. I want to shake his hand. Was that supposed to be funny? Get these clowns out of here. Why would they do that? You were having a freaking game. Dude. It's a cocky bunch, man. Now live from the Pirate Radio Studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. Welcome in to a Thursday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Clip Brock here with you inside the Pirate Radio Studios. Coming to you today on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville, 104.1 in Washington. We're on 1250, 930. You can find us online, pr927fm.com. You can watch the show on Facebook Live and YouTube. We want to hear from you today, so check us out in one of those locations and uh, let us know what you, what's on your mind on this Thursday. We got a lot to get to. Happy NFL season to those who celebrate. Sunday is one of the great days of the year. We get a little uh, a little taste tonight, a little appetizer. Great matchup. You can hear it right here on Pirate Radio if you're out and about. Rams and Bills. So we kick off another NFL season on this Thursday. Alec Burleson making his Major League Baseball debut today with the Cardinals. We'll give you an update on that in just a moment. And we got a ton of Pirate football to talk about on this show for the next three hours. Mike Mullis going to join us in a little bit. We'll talk... Pirates and Monarchs. We'll talk some baseball, some golf, everything in between with Mully. We'll have our ECU football practice report presented by Flight by Yingling. We'll hear from Donnie Kirkpatrick, Blake Harrell, and Mike Houston as they spoke with the media on Wednesday. Troy D will join us coming up at 4 o'clock on the show. Uh, earlier today, we jumped on Facebook Live and YouTube. We, we had an interview with Kyle Reese birdsontheblock.com he covers the cardinals and the cardinals prospects he's been following burley since he left east carolina for the st louis organization and we'll replay that interview if you missed it earlier this afternoon we actually had a play-by-play from kyle of alex's first major league at bat which ended in a four-pitch walk so uh we'll have that interview for you later in the show harry minium odusports.com joins us to Give us a scouting report on Old Dominion and the big man on campus, Jeff Nadeau. We'll talk some college football, some NFL from a gambling perspective in the 5 o'clock hour. Shirley Rhodes is here. CJ Schaefer and the man of Chan, Chandler Honeycutt here as well. Hello, everyone. What's up, Clipper? How are you? I am great. I am excited. Fantasy football begins tonight. Yes, sir. I've got the Bills defense. The NFL season kicks off. Everybody is optimistic. And this is about it. This is it. This is about the happiest you're going to be this football season to just about everybody listening. Unless you follow Alabama or New Bern High School, your team's going to lose, and it's not going to go your way. 16 teams lose every week in the NFL. It's going to happen week one. 70-plus teams losing college football every weekend. But right now, you're optimistic. Baker's going to crush the the, the Browns. We're going to have this great year the commanders carson wentz is being slept on he's awesome mitchell trubisky was just being misused this whole time he's going to be awesome in pittsburgh awesome shirley's dolphins have expectations everybody's down on tua he's going to be awesome he's going to be great yeah none of that's going to happen we're all going to be upset and pissed off but right now we don't need to worry about that because the season's here and we're excited. Yes, sir, baby. Football is back. It was back last week with ECU football. 
losing to NC State. That's a bummer. They'll have a chance coming up on Saturday, EC versus Old Dominion. Tune in 2 o'clock for the Bud Light pregame tailgate. But NFL is back, and it starts tonight. And what I believe is where we'll see this matchup at the end of the year. I think this will be the matchup in the Super Bowl. Hmm. We'll see. I feel like you're being a little chalky with that pick, Chandler. I mean, I like both teams. I like uh, I like the Rams. The Rams bringing everybody back except Von Miller, who is facing his former team tonight. He is with the Bills. Rams pretty much have the same team. I, I, I would. I like Matt Stafford. Really liked him last year. That's your guy, Clip. He was I, my guy last year. Is he not your guy this year? Um, I got a new. I have a new team. Oh, you remember you I had the, guy? I had the Rams last year. I don't know about a guy per se. My guy. My guy. My team is the uh, 49ers this year. As far as Super Bowl um, team to back, so I'm, I'm I'm leaving the Rams for the 49ers. My guy, um, still kind of. I'll let you know. I'll let you know on that. Yeah, but I'm glad football's back. I'm glad. Uh, I actually, you know, I've, I've said it many times on the show. I've definitely said it plenty of times off the air. I'm not a fantasy person. But I'm actually excited to tune in tonight and watch two parts of my fantasy team. I have Stephon Diggs, and I also have the Bills defense. So I'll be, uh, I'm very excited from a fantasy perspective on watching football tonight. That is, uh, it's a lot of fun, whether you do daily, whether you do annual, um, best ball, whatever. Hopefully you're involved in something that makes the game a lot more fun. All right, earlier today, Alec Burleson made his Major League Baseball debut. He came up in the bottom of the second inning, and they wanted no part of him. That pitcher, I think it was Gray for the Nationals. Josiah Gray. Josiah Gray. He did not want to be on a video for the rest of his life giving up the first home run of Burley's career and his first at bat and that magical moment, and fans are going crazy. He said, no, that's not me. Ain't going to be me. I'm going to pitch around him. Like John Fogarty said, it ain't me. It ain't me. And he was just not going to be a part of it, so he walked him on four pitches. I think that's brilliant. Smart move. Unfortunately, he gave up a home run to the next batter. Smart move there. Yadi Molina. And uh, Alec Burleson scored a run his first time he came up to the plate. And then also, his second at bat, Burley almost goes yard. Instead, it, f- it falls just shy of the wall at the warning track weight room weight room burley weight room i have a stat to consider let's consider to consider okay so the exit velocity off the bat in that uh the fly out mm-hmm. 97.8 miles per hour Ooh, that's surely going advanced stats that's on fast us. projected distance of said fly ball 362 feet mm. This would have been a home run in six out of the 30 Major League ballparks. I love stuff like this. That's awesome. So there is your stat to consider. The stat to consider. He's playing in the wrong park. Absolutely. Uh, Yachty Molina, old man, not a lot of dingers, has hit two home runs today for the Cardinals. It is four to 4-4 in the top of the fifth on the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by the Buck. The Buck. And Burley will bat next inning. He'll be due up third when they bat in the bottom of the fifth. So we'll keep you updated on that. Really cool stuff, man. Awesome to see Burley uh, rocking that Cardinals uni. And he is sandwiched between two Hall of Famers. I mean, <laughs> incredible. Uh, and then also, you mentioned this a while ago, obviously 
uh, Yadier Molina hitting the home run right after Burley walked. You you said how what cool would it be to be in the on deck circle as Pujols is, hits the home run on his chase to 700 to give him a high five. First guy. A- instead, it's Yadier Molina who he's giving a high five as he crosses the plate. So. Very true. So that's pretty cool. Burley with some famous fives today uh, in his debut in St. Louis. So we'll uh, we'll keep an eye on that as once again he is uh, slated to bat third when and when the Cardinals come up. We can't watch this because Major League Baseball does everything in their power to make people not want to like Major League Baseball. They're like, what can we do? Blocking out of the regional games. What can we do to make people not watch our sport, like our sport, talk about our sport? Let's not let's let's make it impossible for people to watch games. Wait, isn't that a bad idea? And won't our fans hate it? And won't that drive them away? Yeah, well, yes, sir. I, let's do it. Let's do it. And for the people in North Carolina, let's not just block out a team in the American League. Let's have one team from each league that they can't watch games of. Let's go Orioles, who are having a magical season, and Nationals, who won a World Series a few years ago. So we can't watch any of their games. So there's your uh, monthly bitch fest. Hey, there's a nice rage room. Brought rage. to you by the uh, Anger Management Rage Room right yes, here in sir. Greenville, North Carolina. AngerMGMTNC.com. You know what makes me rage? People that watch the show, and don't get me wrong, guys, I do appreciate you tuning in to the Voice of the Pirate Nation Pirate Radio, but when you come to watch the show, do us a favor, please smash the sub and smash the like. Come on, guys. Hit the like, smash the sub, help us out. You know what makes me angry while we're on this rage topic? What's up? On the anger management rage room? What's up? When people go to drive-in movies. Oh, here we go. And instead of rolling down their window, you know what they do? They open, open their door. the damn door. <laughs> <laughs> that was for Shirley. <laughs> Every time I go to a drive-in movie, which is all the time, once a week. <laughs> they say, I can't hear the movie. And they, they open they, the door. They me? open the door. Their head's all out of the door. Because there, their window won't come down. And there's always one, it's just this lady, she's got a Farmville accent. It's always screaming like eight rows back. <laughs> Close your damn door! I know. <laughs> what are you trying to do? Air conditioning the neighborhood? Close the damn door! Were you raised in a convertible? Alright, so uh, there you go. There's that, an impromptu edition of the Anger Management Rage Room. Yes, sir. Smash the like, smash the sub. Let's go. Let's get it rocking here on a Thursday. All right, we've got a lot of Mike Houston, a lot of Donnie Kirkpatrick, Blake Harrell we'll hear from later. As we sit here on Thursday, how are we feeling about East Carolina and Old Dominion? I feel... I feel I feel good. Friday night when ODU was dancing in the middle of their field after beating Virginia Tech, I felt great. I'm like, they ain't going to be ready for next week. Saturday's result for East Carolina... I still felt great, maybe even greater. East Carolina's going to come out motivated. And I hate feeling this confident all week long. It, it's it's uncomfortable, isn't it? It is. I'd rather, I'd rather have a little bit of concern, and I just don't have that right now. I'm very, very optimistic that East Carolina's going to take care of business this Saturday. It's definitely uncomfortable to be this confident when you're coming off a loss and your, your opponent's coming off a big win at home. But when you look at it, you look at Old Dominion partying on the field, 
we've had uh, David Hall on the show yesterday. He says that they're everything's fine. They said they're ready to go. They did the 24-hour rule. Don't know if I believe that. They're coming into Dowdy Ficklin Stadium where the Pirates lose a heartbreaker last, last week to a very good NC State team. And I think that the running game for East Carolina is going to open up. Something we didn't see last week against a very good defensive front from State. I think Mitchell's going to have a good game. I think Rajay's going to have a good game. I think defense is going to come out firing. The defense was unbelievable on Saturday. They've got a quarterback that only completed 14 passes off of 35 attempts and only threw for 154 yards. Our defense is going to get to his ass! And he's going to have a terrible day. Pirates roll. Pirates roll is what Chandler has to say. CJ, uh, you have been at the press conference Tuesday, the media outings with Donnie Kay, Blake Harrell, Mike Houston yesterday. What are your thoughts and feelings as we get closer to the Saturday kickoff? Um, I expect, offensively, I expect them to, I guess, do a little bit better uh, job taking care of the ball. Um, I'm expecting... You Virginia know, Tech, five turnovers on yeah, Saturday. Which is why I bring that up. Yeah. Um, because that's something you're going to have to do. Uh, Virginia Tech, they they lost themselves the game with the turnovers, obviously. By the way, um, they stink, too, Yeah, we should mention. Yeah, that's worth noting. Um, so, limiting the mistakes is a key. I expect the defense to kind of impose themselves early. And if you can do that, I feel like you can just go through a full four quarters of kind of doing as you please. Now, I don't expect the Pirates to just run away with the game that's not that's not to uh disrespect old dominion at all that's a good football team they put together over there um but i think the pirates are favorites uh by about double digits for a reason and i think at the end of the game they will have pulled away all right uh we will get you set for it obviously today friday and saturday on the bud light pregame tailgate uh, we will be here at 2 o'clock, four hours of pregame coverage, taking you up to kickoff after the game. It's the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. Uh, for the first time, man, I don't know when the last time I actually went to an ECU football game. I remember the last time I went to the stadium to see a game, and there was not a game played, and that was the season opener where East Carolina was supposed to play A&T. We had the storm, the lightning, the rain, all that. And they played the following day. I don't think I've been to a game since then. You know, we do the pregame. I do the postgame. So, it's just a hassle to go over there and all that stuff. And uh, But, old uh, Chan Man. I pulled through. Got us a couple of ducats. <laughs> and uh, and we're going to be butts in seats coming up Saturday. Yes, sir, baby. And no, we are not sideline. We are not. Do we have field passes? We do not. Are we? And, in- and I did not promise that. I did not say that we were going to get field passes or be on the sideline kind of like i did during basketball season where i hyped up clips saying that we were uh court side where we were actually second row from the court still a good experience at an ecu basketball game that i've never experienced it was before. a terrible experience brandon suggs got hurt and east carolina blew a 20 point lead well thanks for putting a negative spin on that but anyway back to the football we will be in dowdy fakeland stadium folks and uh if you were there last week and you're not going to be able to, to get there this week and you're wondering, hey, is the issues going to be resolved? Well, that's where me and Clip come in. We are going to go in and we're going to make sure everything's okay. We're going to go in uh, and make sure everything is 
yeah, right and everything. It's Undercover Boss, baby. This week's episode of Undercover Boss. Keep going. Keep explaining. Uh, but I can't wait to enjoy. I've, I've enjoyed many a bas- basketball game with Clip. Uh, I cannot wait to experience a football game with Clip. ECU, ODU. We are going to be there loud and proud. It's going to be fun. If you see us, come up and say hey. Um, but we are going to be in Section 9. Can't remember what row we're going to be in, but it's going to be fun. Hey, who's this guy? Wait a minute. I'm going to be... Uh, where's Clip Brock at? Watching the game, I'm going to be like, <laughs> uh, yeah, can I get... I need a hot dog. Can I get a hot dog? <laughs> and can I get... Uh, I'm really thirsty. Can I get a water? 40 ounce of water. And uh, parking pass. And then we're going to see what they say. And, and then they're going to say, uh, sir, we're out of water. Uh, sir, you have to park over there. And then that's when you snatch snatch that, <laughs> you snatch that off and you say, do you know who I am? You just got got. You just got got. This is undercover boss. <laughs> there is a couple of things about this, though. A, we are not bosses. That is true. That is pretty much my main point. <laughs> I don't have a point number two. Well, it's still fun. <laughs> I, I, I love. I, look, I love to play imaginary uh-huh. and play, you know, make believe when I was younger. So this is going to be fun. Yeah, yeah. Boy, this thing is painful, and it's difficult to stay on my head. You look good though. Thank you. You look like a undercover boss. Did, did you tell people to come talk to us during the game? No, I said if you see us going to our seats, or if you see us during the games, to come say hi. So you did do that. I just did now. Well, is that a problem? Are yeah. you antisocial? Yeah, I don't want anybody to talk to me. Okay. Which is why I'm be wearing this. Guys, if you see us, don't talk to Clip. Say hey to me. I'm a social butterfly. I'll say hey. I'll be like, what's up? I might dap you up. By the way, my name's not Clip. My name is Alejandro. Alejandro. So, uh, yeah, we'll be there. We'll be, uh, we're going to have body cams on. Yeah. We're going to be so, talking to uh, the Airmark people during the game. Airmark, you better be listening. Making we're coming, sure. We're coming for you. We shouldn't have said this before the game, though. The whole point is to make it a surprise, right? And nobody's going to know. There's going to be, what, 40,000 people there. Boy, this thing is poorly constructed. I got to tell you. And this plastic's like cutting into my lips. All right, anyway. It's going to be fun. It is going to be fun. I'm very excited. I was telling the people while you were getting your masks there that uh, i have enjoyed uh especially last year i'm looking forward to it this year going to section uh 213 uh ec basketball games and i'm ready to enjoy a football game with you hopefully watching the pirates win all right that's uh that is just beautiful um let's see if you look i need a brat in lieu of a hot dog what should we wear I think we should wear some weird stuff. Like a, like a trench coat? Yes. <laughs> yes. What's our weather looking like? Is I it get trench coat sti- weather? Can we get stilts? Can we, Wait, stilts? Should... Can we be, like, can we be no. 10 feet tall? Yeah. How about you get on my shoulders? <laughs> and... Yes, sir. Let me get a beer and a hot dog and a water. And if you don't have it to me in two minutes, you're going to be fine. And then I reach my arm out of the trench coat and grab one of them. Hey, you, I, I, what I'm going to say is, hey, you want to see something really cool? And then that's when you reach out and grab the water. And, and I have to sit there with you on my shoulders in the seats. Everybody's going to be behind us and be like, down in front. We can't see. 
Sorry, my uh, I had my growth spurt in middle school. <laughs> I love this idea. This will be fun. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. We need to. Enough of this tomfoolery and nonsense. Uh, enough, enough giggling. You a know? lot of nonsense going on. I'm sick of it. We need to be more serious. All right, we'll take a break. Come back when we return. Mike Mullis joins us. We'll talk Pirates. We'll talk NFL. We'll talk a little golf. We'll talk some baseball. Do we have a Burley update? Not yet. Um, he's not come up to bat yet. We are... Oh, there's nobody out in the bottom of the fifth. So he is in the hole. Yes, because hole. as of right now... He is in the hole. Yes, sir. Here we go, folks. When we return, we'll uh, tell you what's going on on Alec Burleson's second at bat right after this. PRL. You're listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by University PC Care, your local tech support experts for all your personal and business needs. Visit universitypccare.com to learn more today. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Grab your amigos and head to Chico's for the best Mexican food and fun in Greenville. Come and enjoy favors like shrimp tacos. Steak and chicken fajitas, burritos, enchiladas, ACP, and more. Follow Chico's on Facebook and Instagram for daily updates. For Mexican food and fun, it's got to be Chico's for dine-in or to-go. And as we head back into the show clip, Alec Burleson uh, came to the plate during the break and grounded out to second base. Uh, and they did a great interview. Uh, Burley's dad is at the game. Yeah, just watch that during the break. Yeah, it's a great little interview. Uh, and uh, you can see that on our social media at uh, PR927FM. He's also enjoying an ice-cold Bud Light. Getting ready for the Bud Light pregame tailgate yes, sir. on Saturday. Uh, Shirley, can you get Michael Mullis on line one? Michael oh, yeah. Mullis. Michael Mullis. Call Michael Mullis. First. Uh, we will talk to Molly about what is going on in the world of sports. Thanks for tuning in today. Uh, smash that like and let us know uh, your feelings, your thoughts on East Carolina Old Dominion. Also, uh, another topic starter, uh, your Super Bowl champion this year. Who you got? Hmm. I'm going Bills, I'm Niners, going Bills. and I don't want to pick the Bills like everybody else, so I'm going to say the Niners are going to be my pick this year. Who did you say the other day, CJ? I believe I said Chargers over the Bucks. Chargers Bucks is your Super Bowl. Mike Mullis joins us on the Pit Electric Live line. Mully, what two teams will be playing in the Super Bowl this year? Uh, Bills and the Bradys. Bills and the Bradys. It all gets kicked off tonight with the Bills and Rams. What kind of season uh, will the Packers have this year, Mully? Are they going to defend that NFC North, which they have dominated? Could the Vikings catch them and... I'm not even going to bring up the Bears and Lions. I don't think they have a shot. So it looks like a two-horse race there. What do you think happens? We definitely got better getting rid of that uh, dead weight with Devontae. <laughs> That's going to be worth uh, two or three wins. He was holding them back, right? Uh, yeah, you know, just he, he really limited the creativity of the offense. Uh, so, you know, I don't know, man. I, who knows what to think. But actually, my youngest son and I were talking the other day, and he was literally like, Dad, what's up with Aaron Rodgers? And I'm going, man, I, you know, 
if you can answer that, you can write a book on psychology right now. But uh, who knows? Who knows where they're at? And you know, who know? I, I don't know. I, it's it's you got to. They're going to be okay, but they're going to be just good enough to get to the first round and probably flame out again. That seems to be, uh, yeah, the M.O. Mike Mullis joining us on the Pitt Electric Live Line. We'll circle back to uh, to football, but Mully, Alec Burleson making his Major League debut, just grounded out in his third at bat so far. He has a walk, uh, and he scored a run uh, there, and also flew out to the warning track and grounded out to second base. So, Alec Burleson, it really shows you how quick this thing works, Mully, too, right? I mean, he gets called up yesterday. He's at the ballpark last night. He's playing today. It's a, a pretty quick turnaround for these guys. Yeah, and it's a perfect time for, uh, you know, to get guys up. And, you know, a lot of the veteran guys, you know, they'd rather not play day after night game. So, you know, I mean, it, look, it works out. And, and, all you know, what a thrill for him. All he wants is his opportunity. He has clearly more than earned it. His numbers are, I mean, they're as good as anybody in baseball, obviously, you know, at his level. Uh, but, man, he, yeah, he's he's – He's proven that he's a professional hitter. It's just, um, you know, now getting the opportunity to prove it and make sure that it'll translate to the big league level. And I don't, I mean, I don't have any question. I, I, I mean, he's, I heard a stat earlier, I guess, during his first at bat, and it, this was new to me. He punched out eight times in three seasons in high school baseball. That's, <laughs> man, that's, uh, that's bat the ball ability. Yeah. Uh, he has been phenomenal and was on a, uh, a torrid pace there when the season got cut short the COVID year here at East Carolina. And it's uh, great to see him at the big league level. And Mully, we were kind of scratching our heads yesterday. Who's the last pirate position player to get in the bat in major league baseball? My initial thought was Chad Tracy, but uh, Jack Reinheimer got a few swings with diamondbacks and the Mets. And we've had pitchers in the pros quite a bit. East Carolina hasn't had, at least in recent history a lot of position players make it and maybe that'll change with connor norby and we'll see if we can get any others uh, up there but this is uh pretty rare uh when it comes to ecu yeah you know what it's kind of, i mean that, that's kind of a numbers game right you i mean you just carry that many more pitchers and uh it gives you that many more opportunities to have a guy to have that type of success to to make it to the big league so uh yeah i mean it's a uh man it's quite a Quite a thrill. I, 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 I mean, it's big time for this program, big time for him. I actually sent Coach Palumbo a text yesterday just congratulating him on another big leaguer. They've, you know, they've been on a little streak over there with turning guys out. Yeah, most of them are pitchers, but uh, I mean, they're, they're getting guys to uh, to the highest level. We were talking a moment ago, Chandler, about Gavin Williams. You know, is it, who's the next pirate to to make the leap? And uh, you know, he is on a track. Connor Norby yeah. Molly has been killing the ball. And uh, the Orioles have been bringing up some young talent this year. So we'll, we'll certainly see uh, another year of, of minor league baseball for Connor Norby. But, man, uh, the way he has been hitting, he might have him a spot uh, one day shortly in Major League Baseball. Yeah, and right now, I mean, the the, the, the Orioles don't know that they're the Orioles. <laughs> so they're kind of clipping this thing right along. I mean, shoot, was he cleared the benches twice this week? And I mean, they're, they're, they're playing with a little uh, – a little of that just dumb enough. I kind of, you know, I kind of think that's kind of where they're at. They're, they're, they're a bunch of kind of no-name guys. But yeah, I think Norbs is probably going to be stuck for a little bit, and you know, we'll, we'll kind of see what happens with him. It was kind of interesting at the trade deadline. There was a lot of speculation that Burleson might be involved in a 
in a big league level trade, which might free up some time for him. And, um, you know, the Cardinals clearly didn't want to part with him. So, you know, good for him. And yeah, I'd be really curious to see what Norby does. And there's a, you know, there's a handful of other position players and obviously the arms. I mean, it's, East Carolina is definitely very well represented in professional baseball. Mike Mull is joining us on the Pitt Electric Live Line. Mully, East Carolina falls in a heartbreaker to NC State. How do they respond against Old Dominion uh, coming up this Saturday? What kind of game do you think we'll see? I mean, I, I obviously you got to think they're going to come out and, and, and play hard and want to, I don't even say avenge that loss. They're just gonna wanna, they're going to want to beat ODU, and ODU um, – ODU obviously riding the high, coming off of uh, you know helping Virginia Tech beat themselves. Uh, but I, you know, I, I, you got to expect they're going to rebound. I mean, you got to expect they're going to be just fine. It's game one. I, I know it. It probably took a lot out of them. That was a that was an emotional deal. Uh, that was a physical deal. Very very physical football game. But I wouldn't I wouldn't expect anything other than them to come out and uh, you know play a great game. I mean, I that this. That's the one, you know. That's one of the things with football that's that's different than than basketball or baseball. You, you you don't have that many chances in a football season as as opposed to playing the numbers that uh, basketball and baseball play. So you certainly don't want to waste an opportunity to go, you know, go play in front of your home team or home fans. Six o'clock game time. I think that's a great deal uh, for the players. Uh, I mean, I, I I expect them to come out and play well. Mike Mullis joining us on the Pitt Electric Live Line and uh, Holt Naylor's two bad interceptions in the first half looked great in the second half. And, and the way East Carolina was unable to run the football, it made me even more impressed with the passing game and Ehlers. And, and it took a, some time for it to get going. You had some drops in the first half. You had those two picks. Second half, uh, offense did enough to get back in the game, put them in a position to win the game. And, of course, Stafford uh, missed the field goal. Some have argued Mully, and we'll get your take on it. Do you think East Carolina should have been more aggressive there that final drive, or do you think they did the right thing, setting up Daffer, being careful, didn't turn it over, and, and putting them in a position to win? How would you have played that? Yeah, no, look, he's proven he's going to make the big kick. I, I, And I will say, you know, his his first PAT was, you know, he kind of got a, it was a little hooky as well, and it wasn't as clean as maybe we've become accustomed to seeing Daffer kick the ball. But you got to feel like, you know, a, what was it, a 41-yarder to win the game. You got to feel like, you know, you like your chances. And I really think, um, I really think the guys that kind of left it all on the field, the only play in that last drive that was even of any concern to me was the handoff for loss. Uh, I guess it was on third down, maybe second, second down. The handoff for loss, and I was like, look, hey, you know, don't get to the point where you're playing not to lose. Keep trying to play to win the game. But also, you know, Pirate Nation would have gone crazy if we'd had a turnover or a pick or something, uh, you know, a fumble or a pick. Uh, in the end zone or whatever. So, yeah, I think they did exactly the right thing. And um, it just didn't work out. I mean, it is what it is. And, you, again, you got to expect that Daffer's going to come back. And, I mean, this is the same dude that hit the clutch one last year. So, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it, it's, 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 it's why sports are beautiful. Mike Mullis joining us. Pit Electric Live Line 2 o'clock will kick off the Bud Light pregame tailgate on Saturday. And we're with you after the game on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. Kudos to the Pirate fans, Mully. We went uh, about three hours after the game, and we had all four lines locked mm-hmm. for two and a half hours of that show. It was just one call after the next. And a uh, lot of uh, 
pretty level-headed uh, calls, I would say, on Saturday, and uh, had a lot of fun. So uh, the the folks are into it, Molly. That's always a good thing. It's something Mike Houston has done. Certainly is build this program back, build the interest, and uh, build the belief and hope that this can be a a really good football team. Yeah, no, I listened to some of the show. It, it, it got a little long in the tooth for me. Uh, it, you know, it, I mean, it kind of went on. And, and, and honestly, man, you know, all these, all the fans want to voice kind of their opinion on things. And we heard enough about water and heard enough about, you know, all, all, it kind of it, it kind of gets a little bit repetitive. But it gives folks a chance to get it off their chest. And, and you know, quite frankly, looking at Billy Weaver in the banana-type outfit with the uh, the yellow top and the yellow hat, that was, uh, that was quite a sight, too. So, no, I... I, I did enjoy some of the show, and uh, I know it gets long for you guys, but, again, it's a chance for for the fan base to, you know, to kind of get it off their chest, air it out a little bit, and uh, move on with life. There you go. Mike Mullis joining us. Uh, feel free to turn it off whenever uh, you want to, Molly. You don't have to stick with us the whole time. Oh, no, I do. I cut it off. Yeah. Don't worry about that. I know. Well, I was going to say there's not uh, at least on my radar, and I'm not seeking it out, but I haven't seen much golf news this week, no golf drama. But I did just see this, and this was uh, came out about an hour ago. So the BMW PGA Championship uh, going on um, across the pond has been, let's see, suspended. Play has been suspended the rest of the day. Uh, Wentworth on Thursday following the death of Queen Elizabeth II. And it said the World uh, Golf Tour said facilities have been closed. Uh, they'll have further guidance later in the day. I don't know if there's been an update on this story. This was at 2.22. I'm reading on ESPN. So they actually uh, suspended play today due to the death of Queen Elizabeth. So there you go. You know, that's interesting. I, I, didn't, uh, I didn't see that. I did see that it had been suspended. But I know earlier there was some weather in the area, so I was just Assuming I, you know, I hadn't had a chance to sit and track it, but I, I was just assuming that was due to, uh, you know, weather in the area. But yeah. it's, uh, I mean, what a what a sign of respect in a sport right now that uh, there's not a whole lot of respect for each other. But um, you know, be interesting. I, I would assume they'll pick it back up and finish, but but who knows? I think the only, you know, the storyline there is obviously the live guys, and um, you know, the live guys are participating, and uh, you know that makes it makes it kind of interesting and rory you know rory's taking his opportunity to take a couple shots so you know it's kind of same old uh soap opera type stuff but um yeah that's interesting that they suspended play due to the death of queen i you know obviously it's a a big uh a big milestone moment there uh, in, in in england and making the change in the monarchy so uh you know i i never thought i would live a day not that I think about it very often, but it just seems like that's kind of been a stalwart, uh, and it has been for way more than my life. How do you feel about the band Queen, Molly? Uh, I see a little silhouette of a man. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm good with Queen. We actually uh, we got Queen vinyl uh, that we'll uh, we'll let fly every now and then. Look at that. That's uh, just a, a, another little insight of the life of Mike Mullis. A very you know educated man well-traveled man uh diverse man so uh molly there's more than meets the eye when you talk about mike mullis uh, that's that's interesting why because we uh listen to queen every now and then nah, you know and i'm gonna tell you that, that yeah my, my kids like yeah we're, we're i would say we're queen fans you'll argue with any damn thing 
won't you? But we fa- we are fans of Queen. Thank you, Molly. This was a pleasure. Uh, headed out to the whole football game, guys. If you want uh, play-by-play action, I'll be happy to call back in. Nah, it'll run on a little long. Get a little long-winded. That's good. We're good on that. All right. Are we doing a fifth quarter call in for the uh, uh, open? <laughs> yeah, do that on. Uh, we'll do a Twitter Spaces later tonight. Okay, that'll be fun. I'll look forward to that. See you, buddy. All right, y'all take care. Mike Mullis right, Mullis. joining us on the Pit Electric Lifeline. <laughs> what a guy. What, 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 what a guy. guy. I love me some Molly. You could say anything, and he will come back at you. Boy, those leaves on that tree are looking a little green. Well, yeah, no, I mean, I'm starting to see some orange and yellow myself. Molly, I think oxygen is important. Well, yeah, but think about hydrogen, H2O. You need, you need that, too. Are you going to put one over the other? Molly, the queen died. Oh, I don't know if she died. I mean, she lives on in our hearts. You know, we should do that. I'm going to say, Molly, I'm going to just say 10 statements. And you have to not necessarily take the other side, but just try to belittle my statement as much as you can. He is a good belittler. Nah, I've seen better belittlers. <laughs> CJ's wearing a shirt. I don't know. I, I mean, mean, I'd call it a top. <laughs> it's more of a blouse. <laughs> That might be the stupidest thing I've ever seen. I mean, what a what a unique guy, right? Have you ever met anyone like Mike Mullis? No, I haven't. Eh, I've met several. <laughs> all right, let's take a break. We could do this all day. <laughs> eh, probably not all day. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know about all day. I mean, we've only got three hours. We can't really do it all day. I mean, daylight too. You know, the, the sun goes down, and uh, so well, who? it's more like the Earth rotates and the. Uh, the best part uh, is getting him in a sandwich where he doesn't know where to go. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, I call it a hoagie. <laughs> <laughs> this is fun. This is fun. This is fun. And I don't know if it's that fun. <laughs> if you could get, <laughs> if you if you get where I'm on one side, and I'll be like, eh, I don't think so. And then Troy jumps on the other side I'm on, and they'll say, eh, I don't think so. And then that's what you're talking about. Yeah, he's like, all right. He's like, can there be a third side? Can there be a third side where I can get out of this? Because I want to crap on Clip. I want to crap on Troy. How do I do that and still come out on top? That's where the brain of Mike Mullis comes in. One of the greatest brains I've ever met here in Eastern North Carolina. Take a break, come back. And be back with a great show. Eh, good show. Uh, whatever. Uh, decent I, show. I don't know about that. Uh, fantastic show. We're back after this.
listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by University PC Care, your local tech support experts for all your personal and business needs. Visit universitypccare.com to learn more today. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. University PC Care has been Pirate Nation's go-to IT expert since 2006, and they are the local tech support experts for any of your business needs. Let University PC Care take care of it so you can take care of business. Visit universitypccare.com to learn more today. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live. One more segment to go here in hour number one, hour two. Talk pirate football and more with Troy D. And also hear from Kyle Reese, birdsontheblock.com, covering the Cardinals and the Cardinals minor league system. Alec Burleson making – Alec Burdison. Nah? Making his uh, debut for the Cardinals today. And uh, he is 0 for 2 so far with a run scored. Walked and scored a run earlier in that game. Troy D is here with Chan Man and I in the Pirate Radio Studios. Hello, Troy. Gentlemen, good to see you. I was getting a little giggle listening to the last segment in my uh, right. truck with uh, the, the point counterpoint of mm. Molly versus Molly. It wasn't that funny. It was tough to, as you know, Troy. It's, well, uh, maybe it was. <laughs> he is uh, he is a unique individual, but yeah, always not fun. that unique though. <laughs> <laughs> See, now you're catching on. You're doing good. He, I, I uh, mean, you're not doing so good. Not that great. <laughs> do it all damn day. Uh, I tell you what. Let's, it, 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 if you say right, he goes left. Yeah. You go up, he goes down. That's right. You're the yin to his yang. Yeah. And if you get trapped between north and east he'll just go northeast on you like yeah. he's always got an yeah. out he's always got a, yeah. a different direction to take uh let's get to the flight by yingling practice report the next generation of light beer don't just raise a glass or raise the bar flight by yingling available wherever beer is sold we heard from the coordinators and the headman mike houston donnie kirkpatrick blake harrell yesterday Charlie, let's start uh by hearing some of what donnie kirkpatrick had to say as he met with the media uh, Donnie, you know, outside of the, the two picks, uh, Hope played a pretty good game. How would you kind of assess his his play from your performance? Yeah, he, he had a good solid game. The you know the first interception on the second play of the game. Uh, you know, we're trying to be aggressive there. They were in man coverage. We we're trying to throw an inside fade to, to CJ. CJ just made a great play to start the game out. I told CJ before the game, I said, "I'm coming to you early. I hope you're ready." And he said, "I am ready. Feed me." And uh, we had a great matchup, and I just, he just kind of babied it and just kind of underthrew it. Now, those are not the type of plays I don't think they get you beat. Uh, you know, turnovers are a, are a big determining factor. But it was almost like a punt a little bit because we took him back to the 30 there and we took a shot at it. He just underthrew that. The, the, the pick that was bad was uh, the one going in. We had a chance. We, I think, got picked about the 20-yard line going in, and that, that was points, you know, right there. And in a game like that, every little point was, was going to matter. So that was a situation where uh, I think me and him just didn't communicate very well and the receiver in there. I think the Isaiah being new, we, we didn't. We kind of got a busted little route in there a little bit too. I thought he should have probably just ate the ball, ran with it a little bit. So besides that, I'd say, yeah, he was pretty good. Yeah. Well, the receivers looked okay in the first half, but it seemed like night and day, first half to second half. What was said in the locker room? Well, just relax, you know. You know you're good. You know you can do it. I mean, the team was so ready. We'd had such great preparation. Uh, I said this a couple of times, not anything to do with me, so make sure you don't misquote me here. 
it was the best coaching job I'd ever been a part of. I just was a part of it in 40 years of coaching. Coach Houston had done an unbelievable job of preparing the team, preparing the staff. I mean, from, from the head coach down to the, all the GAs, it, the prep was just the best. We'd had the best walkthroughs. The team was the most ready to play. And though the newer receivers, you know, the, the not young, but the newer, I think they wanted to impress and they wanted to do well. And I think we caught the ball very well, you know, uh, early. So at halftime, you know, I, I thought I kind of came down before we got to get together and I could see them that were a little bit long in the face. And I was just like, just relax. I will promise you uh, there's magic in this stadium. I promise you, you just hang in there that we will be back in this thing with a chance to win. Just relax. We're going to keep coming to you. You know what I'm saying? You, you, you don't have to worry about that. And I don't know. I think we kind of got – a good stop on defense. We got the ball. We got Isaiah the ball a couple of times. He really started feeling it, you know, and then Jalen kind of got involved in it. And I think their confidence just grew. But I just think they just relaxed and started thinking about what have I got to do instead of, well, I, I, I got to go catch this ball. I got to make a big play like that. Were you pretty happy with the distribution, you know, to all the, the offensive skill players? Yeah, you know, I like that. I, I like to think of our spread offense, whatever the label is, not much into the labels, is, you know, equivalent to like the wishbone where you do spread the ball around. Now, I, you know, I've been a part of some receivers that had huge numbers, you know, where they just were so superior, I guess, or the quarterback just started to find them. But, you know, when we've been at our best, we've spread the ball around. Uh, I, I would like to have gotten the run game going a little better, uh, though I, I think the run game wasn't as effective as we'd like for it to be. I think Keaton had 12 or 10. I think Raji, the other one. The run game is what opened it up, though, in the second half because we got a couple of runs finally to work in that first drive, and that made them have to kind of defend the run again a little bit. And then I think it opened up the pass a little bit. So I like to get those guys involved. I, I kind of had it scripted out a little bit early to – try to get a lot of guys involved just so they would get into the flow of the game and not worry about, you know, their touches or how the game was going to play out because we have a lot of good skill players. Uh, when you have a lot of good skill players and a lot of them are new, meshing with some of the older, my concern had been, you know, let's don't get worried about, you know, how much do I get the ball? How do I, you know, fit in this thing a little bit? And, and, and that's a good problem to have, but I did worry about it. You know, how, how do you get the backs their carries? You know, how do you get, you know, C.J. His, his catches? How do you get Ryan, Shane, Isaiah, you know, Jalen, you know, all those stuff like that. So uh, it was good distribution, and that will make us better because we'll be harder to defend since you can't just go double one guy. Donnie Kirkpatrick there, flight by Yingling, football practice report, and something we talked about uh, yesterday, the distribution you had. Uh, East Carolina connecting a lot with C.J. Johnson, Isaiah Winstead, six catches apiece for those guys. Uh, we saw some Jalen Johnson, Kerry King, also from the tight end position. Calhoun caught a touchdown. Ryan Jones had four catches, and both Rajay and Keaton had catches out of the backfield. So they are spreading it around. One thing that can do is make defensive coordinators kind of scratch their head. Okay, what do we take away? And if you try to take away Winstead and Johnson, then you got to think that, that Jones, Calhoun, those guys will be open. If you focus on the tight end, somebody on the outside is going to make a play. So just coming off of one week, I, I really like where the East passing game is at and uh chandler as we talked about 
get that run game going a little bit this Absolutely. week against a, a good, a solid defense, but not one as talented as NC State. No doubt. And people were wondering where was that ru- that running game that the Pirates had last year and Keaton Mitchell and Roger Harris last week. They, we got to face it. We faced a very good defense front in NC State. I thought we did very well uh, pass protection. I thought we kept Holton clean, but this week it's going to be a different story when it comes to the running game. I think you'll see Mitchell and Harris get back into the groove, and uh, I think the Pirates roll 12.5 point favorites. I, I have them uh, going over that spread. What do you think about line, Troy D? I, I think this is the type of game where East Carolina takes the frustration of the uh, heartbreaking loss against NC State out on the Mon- Monarchs. I think this is a I have a feeling and I was going to give it to you later. I'll go ahead and give it. I, this is like a 56-14 type game. I think. Oh, uh, I, I think e, I think ECU makes a statement on this game and oh. rolls. You sure you're not looking ahead to Campbell? <laughs> you're talking about Old Dominion? I feel they're going to steamroll Old Dominion. Man, I mean I, I, hope you're right. I hope you're right, Troy. Yeah. yeah, I feel good about it. I feel good. I don't know about 56 to 14 good, but I do feel good. You feel James Brown good. I feel good. good. I talk about feel, <laughs> talk about feeling good. You just made me oh. feel good talking about, and we saw it last week, getting the ball in all these guys' hands. Is Who yeah. do you focus on? And that's got to be a, a nightmare for defenses when they're preparing for the Pirates. By the way, uh, Isaiah Winstead will join us, Delcor Players Lounge, Friday on the show, Troy D. Yeah, so had, had to a conflict, catch up with him. Had a conflict Monday. Uh, talked to him yesterday, so we're glad to have him on uh, Friday, day before the game. Made some big grabs on Saturday against the Wolfpack. He did. He did. He looked good. Look the part. Hard to believe our party was just one week ago. I was just I know. thinking about that. Yep. In some ways, doesn't it feel like so long ago? Or does it feel like yesterday? See, I, I don't know where to go in this Mike Mullis game. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I don't know. That was. I got to tell you that that was a lot of fun. I saw the photos got posted today. The video was perfect. great. The too, video by the way. was awesome. Uh, that was one of the most fun events I've been at in a long, long time. The video we put out this weekend is that what you're talking about? Yes. Like, it was like a feature link, like a movie movie trailer. Like, yeah, yeah, it was awesome. I mean, it, the video almost was even better than like the real thing. <laughs> it's like wow, that thing was cool. <laughs> no, I had a blast. That was like honestly, like you don't always have fun at work events because it was a work event, first, <coughs> but. Man, that was a fun, and everyone I talked to is still talking about how much fun it was. No doubt, uh, it was a blast. Glad it's back, Troy D, and uh, looking forward to it again. Yeah, I think we're, year. I think we're gonna have to do it again. Yeah, yeah, got to do it one more. Oh time. man, hey, we have to because Jeff Charles on the stage said. We're going to have a hell of a party next year. You know, he, he said something to Well, that he effect. said to see, and this is where the anniversaries get a little funky because we're going into our 20th season. We're in our 20th season right now. Because if you think of our first year of Pirate Radio was 2003, that was our first season. We didn't wait to complete the season and then say we're one year. That was our first season of Pirate Radio. This is our 20th season of Pirate Radio. Okay. But we'll have completed... 20 seasons at the end of this season so, so t- next year we'll be okay. celebrating the completion of 20 right years. it'll be our 20th anniversary it right going correct. into year 21 correct yeah well, yeah good. either way yeah a reason it, to party sure absolutely um, it's gonna be a hell of a party <laughs> yeah that was pretty cool yeah jeff was a good speaker obviously coach houston and, oh uh, man that's their freaking ass and then when i walked off the stage i said yeah jeff mike houston really upstaged your speech out there like well clip i need gonna do yeah. and, oh pirate steve oh yeah with the toast always gets the party going yeah pirate steve looking good that guy doesn't age does he he, he looks exactly like he did i have a picture and you know what pirate steve i believe is like honestly i think he might be 60 years old yeah i, don't I, I mean no i'm telling you like the dude looks like he's 35 yeah he I does have, I he is incredible like 
I don't know what he's eating, drinking, or sleeping like grog in an oxygen chamber or something. But the dude looks incredible. I mean, he's the type of guy, look, all the girls love him, the guys love him, kids love him, young, old, everybody loves Pirates, Steve. There's yeah. a picture of me and my brother at the 2010 Meet the Pirates with him, and he looks the exact same. And you, exact look, same. you look the exact same, except you didn't have facial hair, uh, and you were shorter. Yeah. <laughs> Little Chandler looks exactly like I, I don't know Chandler. about that. You always I, had that big old head on you. Oh, you absolutely. had a big melon as a kid. Yeah. Great yeah, head I on your shoulders. Yeah. Uh, let's get a break in. We'll come back. Hour two, Pirate Radio Live. More with Troy D. We'll also uh, talk to Kyle Reese. Had that interview for you earlier today. And uh, he actually did play-by-play of Alec Burleson's first at bat. So we're keeping an eye on that. Burley 0 for 2 with a run scored in today's game. And uh, we'll keep updating you on the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by Dub Buck. Right Dub now, Buck. the Nationals lead the Cardinals. Five to four in the seventh inning. More to go. Pirate Radio Live back with you after this. You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Beauty Bar Metaspa. Do you want to get rid of wrinkles, tighten and lift your skin, smooth your skin texture, erase veins and brown spots and get rid of unwanted hair? Are you interested in Botox or filler? Visit BeautyBarMetaspa.com to set up a free consultation. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Tommy's Express Car Wash. Come experience the difference at Tommy's. Now open at the corner of Greenville Boulevard and Red Banks Road. Doesn't your car deserve it? Visit Tommy's Express Car Wash today. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here's your host, Clip Brock. All righty. Talking Pirate Football here, Hour 2 of PRL. Your flight by Yingling practice report heard from Donnie Kirkpatrick a moment ago. We'll hear from, uh, more from Coach K, also Blake Harrell, Mike Houston, as they spoke uh, to the media for the last time this week. Yesterday, Troy D., Chandler Honeycutt, Shirley Rhodes, and C.J. Schaefer here on a Thursday. NFL uh, gets kicked off tonight. And by the way, Troy, we're in the um, Survivor League. Yeah, did you notice my hat? I did. Is that the team we're picking against today? No. This week? I don't think so. It looked like the Colts, I thought, right? Everybody's made their pick, but you. No, I sent it out. You sent a pick? Yeah. Email or text? Text to everybody. The text chain. Okay. I'll have to reach it. It was the text chain. Let me pull it up so you can see. I missed your... uh, By the way, while... I responded. Uh, That was like a day or two ago I responded. While Troy is looking that up... Uh, You went 49ers, Colts, Broncos. I went... Wait, where's mine? At the bottom, which I never received. Oh, Colts. I went Colts, Ravens, Steelers. Well, as you can see. Right, we're, right there. Those are my picks. What? <laughs> no, your picks are 49ers, Colts, Broncos. What does that say? I never got the text. Right. Oh, you never. Yeah. My, why didn't mine go through to you? That's weird. Did it go through to anyone? Well, let me resend it. That's <clears throat> I did send it. Uh, well, there's your mix up. Huh. I can see where you sent it. Yeah, that's weird. You know, yeah. it didn't timestamp it, so I don't know that it did. Well, three, guess what three, I just seven. got, Troy? Colts, Ravens, Yeah. Sims. All right. So. Okay, well, that was a weird uh, technical glitch then. There we go. Now we're in. Yeah. Uh, we made a final decision? Well, so Tony's, Tony did not have the Colts. Ellerby had the Colts, number one. I had the Colts, two. You have Colts, one. Right. So we might go there. 
you got to take your heart out of this thing. Me and Tony had 49ers as our top pick. I think it's a mistake, Cliff. I know. I, I, I know. I'm just, I'm just saying it's dangerous. I want to do it with a new coaching staff and a hot QB. Just be careful. All Tread right. lightly on that one. Give it a week and let's see what happens. Did you say a hot QB? Don't oh say God. anything, Chandler. Oh, my God. Dude. I had nobody heard my computer go off oh like yours God. yesterday. Uh, yeah, I heard your situation. Just like that one? Well, that wasn't Clip's fault. <laughs> it wasn't my fault! <laughs> it's obviously your fault. Last Thank you, yesterday. It wasn't my fault! Totally yeah. different situation. Oh totally different. He didn't even touch it. I don't even know what happened there. You're monkeying with your computer and it starts blasting. <laughs> this is You're, great. This is unbelievable. Yeah. All right, I'm okay with the Colts, Troy D, taking on the Texans, although Texans have a new coach and, and a, a and hot QB. Thing. If the Bears are as bad as you think they are, there'll be plenty of time to pick them in, in coming up weeks. I kind of... I'm liking the Broncos more and more because the Seahawks are going to be really, really bad. But it is a revenge game. Russell Wilson, Seattle. I don't know. I'm trying to dump my tickets to the 49ers Bears game. If anybody knows, I figured uh, that would be a decently hot ticket. I would have thought, but I don't. And I have to check and see if they're still available. But I was really hoping to get rid of them. Yeah. Well, uh, hopefully uh, you can do that because I, I went to a Washington San Francisco game, 2000. 11 ish or whatever and there were so many jerry rice joe montana and there was a few current players like frank gore i guess but so many 49ers fans there kind of i guess a national fan base from the 80s 90s maybe i think so uh that might have died off by now so it's older people but i would think niners fans would be ready to scoop those up still have two tickets listed uh for like 160 bucks each should i should i drop the price it's thursday i would say i would wait okay because you they can get them like right up to the last minute right yeah i don't there's a certain time they cut off Uh, but i can't when you edit it it takes a while for the change to happen all right i'm getting panicky i'm gonna drop it right now thanks for asking for my advice (laughs) and then immediately doing the opposite ticket face value is 124 similar tickets are selling for 206 jeez so what did i have mine listed at that's why i say just okay just i'm gonna i'm gonna leave it now tomorrow at this time, let's go to one forty. Okay, fair. I don't want to be. I don't want to tell you some bad advice here. Though. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather get one forty a piece than nothing. Yeah, I mean that's still some good coin. I think. Uh, yeah, I think you'll uh, you'll sell those babies. All right. All right. So tonight, Bills Rams right here on Here's Pirate the Radio. Guy. Yeah, Chris Collinsworth will be back in action. So it'll be what Tariko Collinsworth? Yes, on the NBC crew. I hope he just still does his slot in. I, what's the over-under on that? Is that an Al Michaels thing, or is that a Chris Collinsworth thing? Well, Chris Collinsworth... What, here's the guy? Yeah, no, 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 he says here's the guy, but I'm talking about the slide-in. Does he still do it with Tariko? He's got to. Yeah. Or was that, like, just a special thing with the way I Al mean, Michaels used to like to do the open? Well, Tariko's done games, filling in for Al Michaels. Is he still slid? I'm going to say yes. Okay. I, I think so. That's so. like his, his kind of gimmick. Yeah, he's got to do it now. Yeah, the I'm gonna miss are... hearing Al Michaels because he's doing streaming games, right? He's on Prime. Yeah, and I'm not gonna really pay attention to that. I just I'm too old school. I don't want to have to watch it on Amazon. Your kid will have it up. Yeah, you're right. I'll ask Bryce. Can you pull this up, please? Yeah, <laughs> might be. Uh, I thought about this too while ago. Great to be here with you on Amazon Prime. That is gonna be weird. Dude. Yeah, and he's with Herbie, so it's Herbstra- gonna be crazy. Herbstra- yeah, yeah. yeah. Like all out of whack. Mike P's thinking or saying what I thought while I go. Troy heard Clips' advice on the ticks and pulled a mully. 
<laughs> you definitely pulled a molly. I guess anytime you go against anything, it's called pulling a molly. That's a molly. Yeah. Yep. In golf, you have a mulligan. It ought to be called just a mully. <laughs> Troy, are you going to, this is Steve, are you going to lower the prices? Yeah, yeah, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. My mullet. All timer. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. I had a buddy. I had lunch with Molly the other uh, yesterday at CD's Grill, by the way. Did you have a good time? Now open for dinner. <laughs> Back open for dinner. Uh, it could have been better. Uh, okay. But it was good, but could have been better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no. He was pretty well behaved at lunch. I, uh, we, we also had Brandon Manning with us. You know, oh one of the most God. talked about former, uh, what does he call himself? Uh, he left a lasting impression uh, on Left a lasting impression baseball. on me at lunch. Because <laughs> he didn't Good pick up it. the bill. Between Mully, Brandon, and Troy D. What a trio. Oh, was yeah. any eating done? Ellerby that sounds like sick. a lot of talking. Uh, it was. Yeah. I did more listening because I was basically eating. Those yeah. guys could carry the conversation, Man. so I could just stuff my face with the salad bar there. When it comes to talking, that's some alphas in the room right there. <laughs> uh, my friend pulled a Mully on me last week, Troy. He asked me my favorite pastas at Familia. This might have been more of a Troy than a Mully, but... I said, I like the linguine alfredo with shrimp, sausage. Tortellini is great if you want to throw in a few extra bucks. So I gave him like all his. Yeah. And he said, I'm going with the chicken marsala. Oh, thanks for asking. Like, what are you even bothering <laughs> that me for? That is a big mully. And it was like that's, 550, so that, during the show, yeah. I, like, I'm busy. That's a, that's a Troy move right there. Yeah. Hey, what do you think about this? All right, cool. I'm going the other way. Uh, no, there was a part in lunch where. Like Molly was saying something to Ellerby, and then all like I was actually listening for a change to what Molly was saying, and then Brandon Manny started chiming in on something else and wanted to talk to me. I'm like, and I'm trying to, I'm, they're sitting across from me, so I'm like, both of them are talking at the same time, and I'm trying to hear what Molly is saying, but then Brandon Manny wants to have a separate conversation yeah, with me. I'm nightmare. like, man, I, I, I always I say, hold on, like Brandon. I had to be a traffic cop. Let him go first. <laughs> then we're going to bring you through. <laughs> so it was. It was very... There were a lot of dynamics. All right, here we go. Here we go. See, people think it's just easy to go to lunch with people. Clearly. Yeah, you almost need separate it's, tables when you got Molly and Brandon. Yeah. And y'all can go from it's table very to complicated. Table. Very complicated. We will be here with you 2 o'clock Saturday. A lot of different voices and conversations coming up Saturday on the Bud Light pregame tailgate. Had a great opening show from 8 to noon last week. We'll do a mid-afternoon uh show coming up on saturday looking forward to that this is the first six hour tailgate clip yeah. so i got to prepare myself i'm still struggling from last weekend what a weekend it was with the thursday party the friday freeboot the saturday game uh it was pretty epic by the way another awesome freeboot friday yeah. plan for tomorrow uh and we have tweaked it I, I just met with the board today uh we're bringing in we've we're, they're redoing how they're if you were at freeboot last week well first of all we had like ten thousand people there and it, it was kind of overwhelmed but we sold a tractor trailer full of beer uh we are bringing in the tractor trailer again but we're going to line up like 14 points of sale right in front of the tractor trailer so we can get it a lot more efficient we've tripled the amount of bartenders we're pl planning to have so we think it's going to be a lot more efficient as far as getting a uh, ice cold pirate beverage at freeboot we're also going to uh, probably start serving a little bit earlier so there will be a backlog so as soon as you get there we'll be able to start serving so making a lot of adjustments to uh to freeboot friday to make it more fan friendly well i'm glad you brought that up troy and because i didn't tell you this we got you here now we're going to take calls people are angry about freeboot and yep. they want to ask you a lot of questions that's about fine i'm not i'm not responsible for it but i'll be happy to uh, help <laughs> how we are fixing the problem if you could sit in so. the jj mclam hot seat 
Um, yeah. no, and, and again, for we're talking about uh, what was that Tuesdays edition? Yeah, Tuesdays Pirate Radio. Yeah. Uh, good show. JJ McLam joined us, and to his credit, took the fire, took calls, took yeah. the comments, questions, answered them the best he could. And again, it, it's all uh, actions louder than words yeah. type of thing. Wonder if I should go undercover and how it would look at <laughs> ECU. Oh, you no need, no need, buddy. Because I'll tell you, yeah. this is uh, painful. Perhaps. Try to get it on without using your hand. Like, wait, how'd you do that so fast? That, that was impressive. I think I'll. You're a natural. Go to the game as <laughs> Roy Roy, Roy Trifus. <laughs> Roy P. Yeah. So maybe I'll. Could I have an ice cold Aquafina, please? <laughs> <laughs> Sir, we're out. <laughs> Sir, we ran out of water. Yeah. Uh, how about a Pepsi? Uh, we're out of that too. Uh, Chick Fil A sandwich available? Uh, out. Oh, where's the Bills hot dogs? <laughs> Can you please get JJ McLean? <laughs> I was told this was going to be fixed. So, what is your uh, expectation? What what's, what is going to change? What's going to be? Can you take that off? Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, well. I didn't even see how that well, looks. Yeah. Oh, wow. it looks. Actually, it looks good. shockingly good. Could yeah. you go mustache? Uh, I've never tried it, but I could. I could grow one. I just never have because I don't know. That'd kind of be crazy. Maybe for Halloween, should I grow a mustache or something? For do it for mustache march. Well, I know. It's just, I think I just look so cheesy with one. Well, I'm not going to break the news to you. <laughs> um, all right, but yeah, I couldn't serious take you serious with that. <laughs> oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, for the I, radio audience, we have a uh, what would you call this? It's a uh, a disguise, big nose, mustache, glasses, disguise, yeah. uh, novelty. Yeah, kind of looks like there. What's that uh, famous actor? Like, Is it Chaplin? Yeah, Charlie Chaplin. It's like a Charlie Chaplin type disguise. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's different problems on Saturday, but like from a we can break them down, I guess, from a water perspective. Troy D sounds like they're bringing more water All in. Right, that will be solved, and you can bring you in can, two empty bottles. Because you're gonna uh, unopened bottles. First of all, it's gonna be a six o'clock kickoff, so and I don't think it's gonna be as hot. So you people will bring in their own water they already know there were issues so i think people will be bringing in water uh i think they're gonna be staging water everywhere it's gonna look like niagara falls in there you're gonna have so much aquafina available i the last thing i expect is a water problem i think you're gonna see just uh cases and cases of water everywhere so that won't be an issue and uh even if they overstock it they can sell it the next week and per jj mclam on tuesday's edition of pirate Radio live you can bring in two unopened bottles of water into the stadium correct so I, I, I do not envision water being an issue in my prediction. Okay. Uh, they said they were going to put in new policies for students sitting in the boneyard where if they do leave the section, they can come back to their seats. So I think what part of the problem with the boneyard happened, everybody wants to sit in those sections right behind, you know, the uh, the field goal, the goalpost. There were a lot of the student sections were in the upper deck for this game, and those students didn't want to walk up to the upper deck, so they wanted to sit in what we would refer to as the boneyard. Well, it can only hold so many people, yeah. so that was part of the problem. I don't know if the event one staff was ready for that type of issue. I think they'll be checking the section before you go in for those students to make sure if you have section, you know, 16 or whatever it is, that only those folks get in that section to begin with that it doesn't get overrun yeah and, um, so and I, do, I do think that will be solved part of that is on the people who are jumping over rails Correct. and moving into sections but, but that's so you have to be able to manage that and control that yeah thing. yeah yeah so you have to have personnel to true. say no this your section is over there 
that's where your seat is you can sit anywhere in that section i feel like lines trying to get in the game uh has been an issue for a while part of that is the ticket scanners and they're not getting new ones until october so that feels like you just kind of cross your fingers and show your ticket and you'll be okay yeah Yeah. and hope it works and uh parking he said there was going to be better communication between the parking attendants and and everyone I, yeah i think so i think the parking hopefully not that there can't be a hiccup here and there yeah. but as he said they towed what over 100 cars yeah the problem is you can and once things get out of hand you can only tow, there's only so many tow trucks in greenville and then you're you're fighting game day traffic so you can only tow so fast yeah if you've got let's say 500 cars to tow well i mean you can only you still it still takes time to get a car tow it take it wherever you're taking it to so hopefully that people will uh park where they're supposed to yeah a lot of this is well not a lot of it but the seating and the parking is if we as pirate fans and citizens do what we're supposed to do park where we're supposed to park sit where we're supposed to sit correct some of these problems won't be an issue correct now the long lines at concessions i don't know you know i don't know that's not on yeah that may or may not get fixed i don't know if they can serve stuff quick enough with this with these really large crowds you know i it's it's weird though man i've never seen uh, up until covid this was i never felt like this was an issue at the concession stands i don't know why like ever since and maybe it's just because they haven't been able to get the help and, yeah yeah you know but ever since the <clears throat> covid year this has been an issue not just with with ecu but really across the board but i don't know you know i'll be curious to see if that's a fixable problem i still envision kind of people having to wait to get food but my thing is well don't you know i don't go to the game wanting to eat dinner you know i don't either i eat before or after if there isn't a long line and you know my kids want you know m&ms or popcorn go crazy but they're not going to wait 45 minutes for it you know they don't need it that bad yeah so what i couldn't believe is people willing to wait in line for an hour to get whatever they wanted like i was like this isn't the last stop like the, you know you're only going to be here for a couple hours like yeah how bad do you need like a, a sandwich i mean you could go eat when the game's done and i think that there's going to be obviously a lot of people tailgating eating before they go in and there will be a there's not going to just be a lot of need for concessions like i think people were turned off so by bad it, by they're, it. Gonna be like, they're gonna be like me they're gonna plan not to have to need exactly concessions at all that. so maybe enough people like that it will cause the lines to move quicker because you won't have this massive crush yeah but there'll, be, there'll always be people that want to eat and drink, which is fine. It just amazed me how long people would be willing to wait in line at a game. Yeah. You know, this isn't a refugee camp we're running here. Well, you I know, guess some people are thinking, if I don't get some water here in the next two hours, then I'm going to burn out here. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. it's an issue for some. Yeah. Now, if you want, like, a pack of M&Ms or something, it would be kind of crazy to wait that yeah, long. Yeah, but even, like, the beer line, I was like, man, I don't need a beer that bad. Yeah. I'm just not waiting in line for 45 minutes, you know? Yeah. Now, yeah. believe me, I would have loved to have an ice cold one out there mm-hmm. but i wasn't i saw the lines i was like i can't do it yeah and, you know i'm sure i could have given a friend to 20 bucks that was up at the front of the line but then i was like well someone's gonna see that and they're gonna be like troy d's bucking the system then another guy's gonna do it next thing you know that guy's holding i was like gonna a, give him 20 just to keep a thousand dollars cash in the front of the line <laughs> yeah, I mean, he out. just takes out he takes off out of the stadium <laughs> <laughs> all right we who gotta, says money can't fix problems cliff we gotta Mike get a break in <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, definitely uh, let's take a break. We'll come back more with Troy D on this Thursday edition of Pirate Radio Live. We are playing with you. Clip, by the way. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about Troy's latest injury after this.
You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Beauty Bar Metaspa. Do you want to get rid of wrinkles, tighten and lift your skin, smooth your skin texture, erase veins and brown spots and get rid of unwanted hair? Are you interested in Botox or filler? Visit BeautyBarMetaspa.com to set up a free consultation. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. UBE has been an ECU tradition for over 50 years. You can shop online anytime at PirateWear.com. UBE has the biggest and best selection of ECU sportswear and accessories for pirates of all ages. Every day is game day at UBE. And Clip, as we head back into the show, I do hear, uh, have a school board update for you. Uh, Buccaneer Music Hall school board update. The Nationals lead the Cardinals 7-4. Alec Burleson just came up to bat and flied out to left center. So he is still hitless, but has walked twice in the game. All right, and scored a run for those Cardinals, but they are trailing the Nationals right now. 7-4. to four. Thank you for that update. Shirley Rhodes on the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by DeBuck. DeBuck, he is putting the bat on the ball, though. Yeah. That's uh, a good Mully talked about his lack of strikeouts throughout his, what, high school career, and uh, that has continued on into his college and now pro career. He is uh, getting a bat on it. Uh, quick basketball nugget from John Rothstein says the american athletic conference will release its conference schedule for the season next week so we'll have an ecu basketball uh conference schedule to Man, discuss i'm just getting in football mode <laughs> yeah. and now you're trying to talk about basketball uh, yeah I, I, it's just, gonna I, happen whether you're ready or not troy d i just i'm just trying to get focused on football right here you know ecu's just started we got the nfl starting tonight don't be shoving basketball down my throat so fast. Let's just enjoy the moment. Yeah, the queen passing away. You got to worry about that. Yeah, I mean, I, the queen schmeen. I mean, I'm just saying. Queen schmeen. Yeah, something like that in this country, people would go nuts. As far as a lineage, a family. Right. just family ruling, that's in charge. That nobody for no, for no reason. For. Yeah. yeah, for nothing. Like, yeah, just it because, is really crazy. Just because this it. is how it's been. Like, it's really silly. You are born into being I, the ruler. Like you did I, nothing. I don't get the whole. I, I don't. The royal family does nothing for me. Yeah, and I know that's probably not a popular take right now, with the events of today, but it's just the way I feel. You're, you're not I, speaking ill of her death. You're no, saying the, right. the idea not, of the the whole monarchy yeah, is stupid. I, I agree. Yeah, I'm with you. There will be a moment of silence at the uh, NFL game and, tonight, and the whole the royal weddings annoy me. I mean. Literally, I quit watching the news after one of the. I couldn't stand it anymore because that's all they had on the news. I'm like, I'm done with the news. I mean, to each their own. I'm probably into some stuff that people think is stupid, but yeah, yeah, I don't really get this aspect of, yeah, I don't know, pop culture or whatever you want to call it. All right. So, RIP Queen. (laughs) Now, what happens? Shirley's all over. Charles takes over. No. Charles is the king. Charles, Charles will be Charles. crowned a king. And <laughs> Charles will be the king. Charles will be crowned king, and Camilla will be queen. Camilla. That oh, would the, be the second wife. The second wife. Well, I don't even know if they ever got married. Yeah, they got married. Okay, they did get married. Yeah. Okay. Even I know yeah. that. Yeah, Princess Diana would have been uh, her. Would have been, it, she would have uh, been queen if okay. she, A, sta- you know, lived and b had not divorced charles so did yeah. queen have a king what happened to her guy he passed away he yeah, passed away Phillip. last year philip died oh he, yeah he died yeah. last year yeah, he, yeah. as a matter of fact uh because actually big dog just retweeted it uh he's not been buried yet what are they, what are they waiting for they have to be her. buried together 
Oh, they really? they they, kept re- they specifically requested to be buried together, so he <laughs> is in a vault. Chamber. <laughs> he died in April, Jeez, and Louise. he is in a vault until wow. hey, uh, she passed, and then they will be buried together. Hey, wow. boss, now, side by side or like on top of each other? I'm just curious. How do they do this? <sighs> side by side. Oh, okay. I didn't know. Or front to back. There are people that you share a uh, front, you know, front to back deal. What are we talking about, Chandler? What do you uh, want to say? Hey, uh, I, they ball, in the same casket. I mean, what, I'm just curious. Hey, look, buried together. We don't have all cares. the details. Right. But boss, I know you said you didn't care about this, but Pirate Radio is all over it. Pirate, Pirate Radio is wait, all over the death of the Queen. It. Here's my qu- here's a question: Why do we care about the Queen but not the King? Like I never heard anything about King guy. Oh, I did. You mean Philip? Yeah. Um. Was he called king? I don't think he was king. He was like no, because he, he, he he's not. Title. He's he was married yeah. into the family. He, was uh, not, he does not have the lineage. Right. He's not a direct descendant. Correct. So will there be a king Charles? Yes. Yeah. Charles so, is a direct descendant because he and, is and they have her son. The so now there's no queen. Right. Queen he, in name only. Uh, she married. No, him. it would be the queen's consort. All right. Uh, All right. Uh, thank you. I understand that. They changed the song now god save the king now yeah now you gotta change now the rock band is called yeah. king or queen consort <laughs> my have god you that, have you heard that we queen are. consort album <laughs> guys we have went full mully y'all just got done talking about how much you didn't care about this and we just went about five minutes talking about who was up next in line turns out i'm totally into it uh spoiler alert we love it <laughs> we love this stuff troy before you get out of here we appreciate you uh playing hurt today yeah I, uh, a lot of people don't know i had a doctor's appointment don't want to get into uh with hipaa violations and everything but i guess since it's me talking that's not what hipaa is but yeah um went and saw the dermatologist today the derm any, any of you guys visit the dermatologist lately no that's no. skin yeah that is uh that is a skin doctor very good chandler surely you strike me as someone that would have gone to see a dermatologist have you <laughs> never am i the only one why would you that, say that well because i figure like shirley takes care of herself like she gets a regular checkup right i don't okay let's talk about you like, all right so anyway so they, like I, the, good news i've had problems before like skin cancer you're in the sun a lot i am in the I sun worry a lot. About you. uh i got a clean bill of health but they had they like check all over and stuff had like um <coughs> like he's got this bottle that he freezes stuff off with you know it's like it's i don't know what it's like a cryo chamber what are they freezing on? whatever like he hit me on my neck a couple times like, like a tag or whatever yeah i did have a skin t- i had a skin tag yeah. and i said you know what i do have a skin tag it's like under my arm but like uh, like above my rib cage like right there he's like oh yeah i got it and he free you know how sensitive that spot is right there don't touch me. <laughs> just, like just right there. <laughs> like even when you just touch it you're like see imagine now like you know i don't know a thousand degrees below zero like freezing it off I was like, I thought he was like <laughs> stabbing me, like OJ Simpson wise. Like, I mean, it was just—he's innocent, Troy. No, I know he was trying to help me, but I'm saying that's how painful it no, was. No, I'm saying OJ was found innocent. Okay, then I thought, <laughs> if what OJ, an example to No, the book—if he was to do it, you know, <laughs> what it would feel like. What a, but, so I felt what like I got reference. stabbed on my rib, and he found something on the bottom of my foot, and I'm on flip flops. Now I'm like limping. And then I got something. He hit me on like the side, like over here, like on the side of my, you know, neck, chin here. So like, anyway, I just did I, he like tell you it was coming, or does he just kind of randomly hit you in the place? Randomly hit Boom. you, like oh, I Bow. see something there, and then he sprays it. Man, so I don't know it's coming. I'm like, oh man. But then like afterwards, I feel like I've been stabbed, and then it's sore. 
But I've still, you know what? I'm going to play through the paint. I'm going to come to the show because I made a commitment to you, Clip, and I'm going to be here. Thank you. So that's what athletes do. I think we need to uh, ask if you can borrow that toy one day. And like if we make a mistake or something, you can. <laughs> yeah, just hit us with yeah, the. Yeah, it's, uh, it's like the opposite. It's like a. I imagine if a taser gun was yeah. a frozen deal. It's like getting frozen with a taser gun. Is it like a burn sensation? Yes, exactly. Yeah. So I feel like I've been tasered, but but frozen. Man. Right. That would be something cool to bring in here. And every yeah. time Chandler makes a mistake, with the frozen taser. Yeah. You in, Chandler? Sure, why not? All right. <laughs> it great. won't be the first time that I'm physically harmed at the workplace. Oh, yeah. All right. Now, I, I, I need to go to the Durham. I got these places here. See, you should go. It's, it's probably good. You're getting up there in age. Clip, what are yeah. you? You're a man. I'm now. a man. I'm You're 40. 40. Yeah. You should probably go to the dermatologist, let him give you a once over, and you never know what he might find and clean up for you. Yeah. You know, it's probably a good idea. So, thank you. I got a few spots on the rear I need frozen. Thank you. I'll let him decide that. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll take your word on that. <laughs> Fair enough. They might just be freckles. All right, Troy. Uh, and, you know, I'll give you credit for this. You're Sometimes I call you a bandwagon guy. But you were at the Pirate Radio party last Thursday. You were unable to be at the Rose JV game. True. They were playing um, Elizabeth City. And you just nonchalantly, I feel like you were. if you were at this game, this would have been brought up before. Yeah. I but like during a break today, you nonchalantly told us how many points. Because uh, there's a game tonight. Your son's team scored last week. Yeah. And how many points was that? 86. 86 points. So yeah. the basketball team played? No, it was uh, JV football. 86 80, points. It was like 86 to uh, 24. That should be illegal. 34. I mean, that should be illegal. And their first game was 50. To, they scored 50 points, 50 to nothing. So this is their uh, another. This will be their first home game. because 136 home game points in two games. Yeah. Yeah. So they're 2-0. Oh, they, uh, Are they? <laughs> no crap. Yeah. So they take it. Their uh, first home game now, because the other one got rained out, is tonight, 6 o'clock uh, at Rose. So we're excited. You know, it's a fun JV team to watch. My dad, who Lee D, who can be critical of things, said, I've never seen a JV team this good. Okay. And uh, he's seen a lot of JV yeah, football. No. no, he thought it was a varsity team, the yeah. way they play. So it was very complimentary. That sounds but good for the future of Rose football, I'll say that. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times you think JV football could get kind of boring, not that fun to watch. This is a fun team. When you score 86, yeah. you're, you're so entertaining we'll the It's uh, Southwest Onslow is coming into town All right. tonight for uh, a clash, and I'll keep you updated on uh, how that goes this evening. Well, good luck to uh, young Dreyfus. And yeah. I don't know if they need luck the way they're putting up points. Yeah, so Tyler's a freshman, really enjoying his role. He's got uh, playing both sides of the field, linebacker and receiver. Awesome. And, uh, good good group of kids out there, Clip. I've gotten to know a lot good of the players. Kids. They are a nice team they have. Good deal. Really good yeah. bunch. Good bunch. They compete. <laughs> Good stuff, Troy. Uh, thanks for joining us today. Good seeing you guys. And, well, yeah. uh, by the way, official prediction, you said it earlier, speaking of a lot of points. 56-14. Yeah, 56-14. to 14. Yeah, I think, I think ECU rolls on this one. Man, I yeah, hope you're I right. Really do. Uh, and I'll talk to you from the tailgate zone. That's right. We'll First talk to you Saturday. 2 o'clock. Uh, well, we'll hit you at 3. How about that? Oh, that's fine. Unless you want to talk to, talk to Jeff and I, too, I guess. Well, that's, How about if something's going nah, on nah, out yeah, there? Yeah, yeah. If, if, if something warrants a 2 o'clock check-in. We'll play it by ear clip. How Sounds about good. that? And if yep. not, I'll talk to you at three. Perfect. All right. Uh, by the way, coming up Friday at noon, the UB Pirate Preview with the voice Jeff Charles, his special guest, 
Steven Igo. Steven Igloo. Really? First ever wow. one-on-one Steven between Igloo. the voice and the Igloo. Wow. This, Steven's been called up to the big time. I know. Right? It's a big deal. This is, this is like the Alec Burleson moment <laughs> for Igloo. That's right. This is unbelievable. Everybody in UBE stops wow. shopping and they give a clap. <laughs> Actually, uh, I will be on with Jeff as the uh, opening act with Ellerby at noon, right as we come on. Uh, oh, wow. Uh, not trying to upstage you. Yeah, uh, no, you, you topper. Did. What a topper. But we have some announcements to make. All right. And uh, some... A presentation? Some, a presentation okay. to have, yes. Gotcha. So we will open the show with Jeff. Uh, we have a special presentation, thanks to the generosity of uh, people that attended our party. Yeah and bought t-shirts and we will be making that presentation at noon noon friday ub pirate preview check it out right here on pirate radio all right uh we'll take a break come back more to go pirate radio live here on a thursday we are back with you after these words You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Beauty Bar Metaspa. Do you want to get rid of wrinkles, tighten and lift your skin, smooth your skin texture, erase veins and brown spots and get rid of unwanted hair? Are you interested in Botox or filler? Visit BeautyBarMetaspa.com to set up a free consultation. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Have you heard Winslow's is now 5th Street Hardware Restaurant and Tap Room? With a brand new look, 5th Street Hardware has a new menu and serves lunch and dinner Tuesday through Sunday, plus brunch starting at 10.30 on Sunday. What else is new? Well, 5th Street Hardware Restaurant and Tap Room now has poker every Tuesday night and trivia on Wednesdays with DJ Captain Morgan. It's a new look, a new name, but the same location on 5th Street right beside the State Theater. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live Thursday, coming up Hour 3, back to football. With Harry Minium from Old Dominion. Uh, John Moody is a father, and he's got dad jokes. Earlier today, he put Hmm. on our Facebook live chat, ask Harry how his brother Kondo is doing. Hey-oh! Hey-oh! Oh, My God. My God. (laughs) My God. My God. My God. My guy. John Moody is my guy. It's a dream come true, my guy. Why would they do that? I, why would he do that? <laughs> Pretty no, good, John. Pretty good. We'll talk uh, ODU football coming up at 5 o'clock. Also, we've got Jeff Nadu, big man on campus, joining us in that hour. Earlier today, I recorded an interview, and I went live on Facebook Live and YouTube with Kyle Reese, uh, he is from the St. Louis Cardinals blog, Birds on the Block, uh, that website. and uh, It's twi- Birds on the Black. Yeah, Birds Black. on the Black. My apologies. I have messed up my writing here as I've been scribbling. I do a lot of doodling during the show, and my uh, A turned into an O. Uh, Birds on the Black, you can find them on Twitter as well. And we had this live, and actually, while we were talking to Kyle, Alec Burleson had his first big league at bat. So uh, he did the play-by-play for us because we can't watch it because we're in Eastern North Carolina and they don't show Nationals games. Stupid! Because they want us to hate baseball. Uh, but anyway, let's uh, let's replay some of that interview. This is uh, earlier today we talked to Kyle Reese as we talked Burley and Cardinals baseball. Let's head out to the Pit Electric Live line. Joining us, Kyle Reese from BirdsOnTheBlack.com, covering the cards, covering uh, future Cardinals. And uh, the news came out 
yesterday that Alec Burleson would be joining the big league team. He is in the lineup today as the Cardinals take on the Nationals. And Kyle, we appreciate your time. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm uh, I'm excited to talk to you guys. And as we're talking right now, Corey Dickerson is up for the Cardinals, which puts Alec Burleson in the hole. Uh, so we'll be talking while Burley more than likely has his first at bat, and that's pretty cool. That is cool. The thing that is not cool is we live in eastern North Carolina, and for some reason all Nationals and Orioles games are blacked out, unless you have Masson. So uh, classic Major League Baseball blackout restrictions will keep a lot of people from seeing this at bat, but of course we'll see it on uh, social media, and uh, hopefully a special day he can pick up his first big league hit. But uh, you, you know all about those uh, those blackout regulations and stuff. Man, there isn't a sport on earth, maybe even like a business on earth that does a, uh, a worse job of growing their business than Major League Baseball. They, they cannot wait to make it hard for people to watch their sport. 100%. Couldn't agree more. Well, Kyle, uh, look, we are very biased here. We think Burley should have been up five years ago or whatever, but uh, he has been tearing it up in the minor leagues. And, and what kind of led to this? What dominoes fell that finally allowed uh, Alec Burleson to be called up to the big league Cardinals? The major domino uh, was one of the Cardinals outfielders uh, named Dylan Carlson, a 23-year-old who used to be a top prospect who made his major league debut in that shortened 2020 season who struggled a little bit, was also dealing with a thumb issue, uh, and they, they put him on the IL. And what allowed it to happen now, as opposed to maybe a couple months ago when he, when he was really knocking on the door, is when the rosters expanded to 28 at the beginning of September, the Cardinals called on a 27 or 28 year old career minor leaguer named Ben Deluzio, who is a center fielder, uh, just like Dylan Carlson was, and just like Tyler O'Neill is for the St. Louis Cardinals, to be the, the the 14th position player on the roster. And what maybe stopped Alec from for Burley from being getting a chance to make a major league debut earlier is that he didn't play center, and the Cardinals had some center field depth issues. So, uh, yeah, the, the major domino is Dylan Carlson going on the IL. Another center fielder being on the roster in addition to Tyler O'Neill, who's played primarily center field these last couple weeks. Uh, and uh, just getting an opportunity to, to see his bat at the major league level because he never stops hitting. Uh, Alec Burleson never stops hitting. And even when he's not doing well, he's doing well. And the, the, he just I think he just pushed the envelope so far that they could not – not have them on the roster as we get into the most important part of the regular season. Kyle Reese, birds on the black.com joining us here today. You can uh, check them out on Twitter as well. And Kyle, during the trade deadline, we saw Burley uh, taken out of the lineup there uh, on his minor league team. And, uh, and usually that's a sign that he, he may be on the block. So as far as you know, how close was Alec Burleson um, as far as being traded to another team at that trade deadline, what, were there real talks going on? Was that a real possibility for uh, Burley? You know, I, I'm not going to say that I have connections or anything. I, I think it made a lot of sense for most of us to be able to, um, you know, I guess put those pieces together. And, and it made a lot of sense because the Cardinals do still have a lot of outfield depth. Uh, most of the guys who are at the major league level for the St. Louis Cardinals, you know, at the deadline were were – younger players who we as Cardinal fans just kind of assumed would be the future of the outfield. And the Cardinals needed substantial upgrades uh, in the pitching staff. And I think we all could see that because of that depth, that Burley might end up being one of those players. Now I know that there was a family issue at the time as well. 
that that kind of uh, he, I don't I, you know it's not my business to share, but I believe there was a death in the family, and that was part of the reason why he wasn't in the roster. I don't think mm. not, you know playing every day. Um, but again, that, I, I feel I feel even weird for saying that. It's, it's not for me to say, but yeah. So I, I but I do think that that is the type of move that the Cardinals would make. They would trade from depth in order to strengthen uh, their major league roster. So I, I you know. I know that the, I know what the Cardinals like. I've I've been a Cardinal fan my whole life. I understand this front office pretty well. Uh, I, I definitely think that they value Alec Burleson, and I don't think they would have they would have traded him for anything less than a substantial upgrade yeah. uh, for their major league team. And it just didn't seem like there was that that match as of yet. So uh, I wouldn't say I sweated it. I thought it could happen, but it never really seemed quite real to me. Uh, but you know, you just never know. Kyle, uh, I am a lifelong Braves fan, and uh, I have always found the Cardinals extremely annoying because they are always good, consistently good, and and now they do have stars in Goldschmidt, Narinato, and of course, you know, Pujols chasing a record, Yachty uh, closing out his Hall of Fame career. But I, I feel like the <laughs> it's amazing the randomness of guys that will just have solid years, good years, come up clutch in the postseason come up come up clutch late in the season it's just super annoying to me that uh over the years the cardinals have always had a handful of those guys now i don't know as you following the team understand or or agree with what i'm saying but it just seems like you can always count on the cardinals basically what i'm saying no matter who's on the roster who's in the lineup to win a whole bunch of baseball games it's it is it's true and you know it's uh, it's kind of flipped for me like I know that they had some down years for the Braves, but I understand, like, it's kind of the same way with what the Braves have done. A lot of those guys were top prospects, of course, but they had, the Braves had so much success developing talent and then winning a World Series, even with, you know, a, a, a very down and up year last year. So, like, I even see it from this perspective. It's funny that we're talking about Alec Burleson because uh, that we're talking about prospects. And we're talking about the Cardinals having random guys that bring them success throughout the major leagues and annoy the fan bases because, I would suggest that up until the like the mid-season prospect rankings, that Alec Burleson would have been one of those traditional Cardinal players that flies under the radar, yeah. who ends up having a ten-year major league career, <laughs> and everybody's like devil magic, devil magic, devil magic. When you know, you, when the ECU community knows and Cardinal, you know, people who follow the minor leagues know that this is this is actually a special bat, a player who has a chance to be, you know, uh, uh, a, again a ten-year major league veteran, which is like the ultimate 1% of potential outcome. So, yeah, it, it, it's amazing that the Cardinals scouting staff, they probably do it better than anyone, get value for where they're drafting. And they, they definitely, the stats will bear out, uh, that they do it better than anybody in like rounds 3 through 10. And that's what's allowed the Cardinals to stay successful and be competitive year in and year out for the last, you know, two and a half decades almost. Kyle Reese joining us, birdsontheblack.com. And do you think Burley, and obviously long-term, you think he has staying power there uh, with the Cardinals, but how about short-term? I mean, is he going to stay up with the team? Could he be on a, you know, when they, the expanded rosters and all that, do you think Alec Burleson is a part of this team as they head into uh, the end of this regular season? Or does he uh, does he go back down at some point? The next 10 days are very interesting. Uh, you know, with the, the, with the AAA season going until the end of September, I think that pretty well allows the Cardinals the opportunity to kind of do whatever they want with him. I think that the, the, um, the health of Dylan Carlson plays huge into this. You know, uh, he, he's, been, 
he's been dealing with a thumb thing, but he's also kind of trapped in his own head. And if if, if he doesn't look like he's going to be able to come out of that, then I could definitely see Burley sticking around. I, I do think, knowing this Cardinals manager, uh, the first-year manager, Ali Marmol, if, if Burley has a good game today, he's going to play again. Uh, he, it might not be tomorrow. It might not be uh, uh, Saturday, but he'll play on Sunday. And in past years, uh, the Cardinals' other managers, Mike Schilt, Mike Matheny, they wouldn't do that. They just they they relied heavily on the uh, the veteran pecking order. So I do think that Alec Burleson is in a position where if he plays well, and then he'll be given a shot to stick around. Uh, Dylan Carlson and Ben Deluzio are, are both the really interesting thing here. You know, Ben Deluzio was added, like I said, September first. He's the twenty eighth man on the roster. And if Dylan Carlson comes back, then they probably don't necessarily have a need for Deluzio. Uh, you know, he's, he's fast. He's a defensive expert in center. He's a quick base runner who can steal bases and goes first to home on a game-winning uh, double over the left fielder's head last night. Uh, but I, I do think that the Cardinals are in a position now, and they're in a win-now mode where they're, not gonna, they're probably not going to screw around with their roster. And I, it's like the first time as a Cardinal fan since maybe Tony LaRusso that I felt confident that they'll go into the playoffs with whoever their best available 26 players are. And if that ends up being Burley, if Burley can show that in the next, uh, you know, 10 days, if he's given the opportunity and if he seizes that opportunity, I do think that there is a chance that he sticks around for it. Well, if you're watching this live on uh, YouTube and Facebook right now, two outs, top of the second. The Cardinals will bat in the bottom of the second. Albert Pujols will lead it off. Alec Burleson uh, will hit second. And Yachty Molina, how about Burley in his Major League debut sandwiched in between those two legends? That's pretty awesome. I was thinking about, you know, Pujols is on this historic home run chase. Uh, first guy to give Pujols a five after his uh, next uh, historic home run could be Alec Burleson. That's something to tell the grandkids about. Holy cow, yeah, I didn't even think about that. Uh, man, or even, you know, driving, getting a chance to drive Albert Pujols in. Yeah. Uh, so cool. You know, that the Pujols thing, the way that that's materialized, uh, what, what Albert has done since the All-Star break, I don't think even even the, the biggest homer in Cardinal Nation, even the biggest of all the best fans of baseball, uh, I don't think any of us would say that we saw this type of uh, resurgence that you could have even predicted this type of resurgence that we've seen. It's it is incredible. Uh, it, it's magical is what it is. Talking to Kyle Reese, birdsontheblack.com. And, uh, and Kyle, you, you brought up the name Mike Schilt. And I imagine this isn't discussed too much now because the Cardinals are 81 and 56. There's no reason to talk about the past and the, the managerial change. But that was uh, a bit of a weird deal. And I don't know. I guess now it's, it's easy to to say, okay, maybe it was a, a right decision the way the Cardinals are playing, but very strange to get rid of a manager who was winning. So what, I don't know, it, it, I don't. I hate to even bring this up now, but like what What were your thoughts when all that took place and, and how do you feel about it today? When I saw it on Twitter, uh, I was working and uh, I was getting a bunch of text messages like, is this really happening? And I didn't know what they were talking about, so I went to Twitter and the first thing I saw was that the Cardinals had fired Mike Schultz and I thought it was a joke. Uh, I I was very critical of Mike Schilt. I The Cardinals are kind of a team, even with Arenado, even with with Goldschmidt. They're a team that needs matchups in order to uh, needs to play matchups in order to maximize and win more games. And Mike Schilt never did that, and it used to drive me nuts. And then he had this pecking order thing where the Cardinals would call up Randy Rosarena in uh, late August, and he'd get two starts in the end of the year. 
and then they trade him. And then Jose Adolis Garcia, Adolis Garcia, would get called up and not play at all in September. And it would drive me nuts that they would give a kid an opportunity on the uh, on the 28 band, and he would never play. And it just never made sense to me. And then they'd exile him off in some trade where their value was never matched. And part of it was because Mike Schultz wouldn't play those players. So I was... I was not necessarily as upset about it, and I knew enough about Ali Marmol to be kind of excited about it. But then when Marmol started talking about playing matchups and started talking about putting players in the best position to win instead of just sticking with the same guys over and over again, being fluid in the batting order depending on the matchups, it, it all seemed to make sense. Uh, it definitely seems now, and it seemed at that point, that the reason that the Cardinals made the managerial move is that the relationship between John Mazalak, the Cardinals' president of baseball operations, and Mike Schilt had completely deteriorated. It was it was almost contentious, and uh, the, you know maybe the two of them didn't get along so well. The Cardinals allow us the opportunity once a year. The bloggers they they pick a select group of bloggers to come and have a sit down Q and A with John Mazelak. Oh wow! It's usually about a half. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. They do it's it's the coolest thing on earth. Honestly, they they put us in a suite. They give us food and booze. <laughs> and uh, we, we get before we start drinking, we get 45 minutes. We get between like a half an hour and 45 minutes to ask Mo questions. And they do it kind of like a press conference, but it's a little bit more laid back, a little bit more leisurely than that. And uh, he, you know, he's not one to get into details. When when they made the managerial move, he 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 said um, like a difference of opinion, or he was very very political about how he framed the reason for firing. And he didn't want to get into it. He didn't want to put anybody in a bad spot. Well. When he was talking to us, he, we asked him about Ali. We didn't ask him about Mike Schilt. We, we had asked him about Ali. And he talked about how how impressed he was with Ali. And then he kind of made an off-the-cuff remark, uh, something along the lines of, you know, the relationship that he had had with the prior manager had just been so – it had gotten so bad that there was no place to go but up. And uh, it seems like now, even though he still hasn't talked about it much more than that, that – their, their relationship, for whatever reason, had just gotten to a point where they could not move on from it. And it seems like Ali uh, is, is both, he's like, he's like everything all at once. He is a player's manager, but he also holds them accountable. He is a, uh, like a front office manager, but he's not afraid to ask for what he needs, but not do it in a way where it's like out in public. You know, and, and all, he also gets it because he and Mo kind of respect each other. And uh, the reason the Cardinals made the trade deadline deals that they made with Quintana and uh, Montgomery it, is part of that relationship that's been built between the two. So, uh, yeah, all of that's very long to say. It's been it's been <laughs> then and it's been fruitful now. Kyle Reese, BirdsOnTheBlack.com, joining us, and Alec Burleson is uh, up to bat for the first time in his big league career. And again, we uh, Chandler, have you? Found, I mean, we're not watching this. Chandler's actually a Nationals fan, our producer. And uh, he, he's frustrated because he can't watch his Nats unless he goes to a sports bar. So we're kind of living vicariously here through uh, Kyle Reese. Can we, can we have you on during this at bat, Kyle? Yeah, it'd be my pleasure. So uh, he gets he gets like a half a standing ovation, <laughs> and uh, he's, he's doing a, he just taps the, the the shin pads of the catcher, right. and he's smiling and he's taking a, he's taking a deep breath. And uh, the umpire said something to him that got him to laugh. Uh, he 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 steps up and gets in the box. Uh, does his normal routine that he that he's used to doing. Uh, Gray begins to deliver the pitch. Uh, I've never done play by play, so what? <laughs> this is great. The slider in on the feet. Uh, Burleson doesn't make a motion out, uh, but it's a ball, first ball. 
Hey, Kyle, give us a uh, facial hair update for Burley. How, how's that looking right now? It's beautiful. The beard is beautiful. It's it's uh, it's grown out, but it's tight. You know, it's not like a, it's not scraggly like it can be. You can tell, <laughs> especially the neck beard. You can tell he tried to clean up the neck beard a little bit. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> the hair is flowing out of the back of the helmet, just like you would hope it would. Uh, the second pitch he saw was a fastball far outside. Uh, he's receiving the third pitch now, which is another fastball high and out. So he's three zero right. They're now. scared of him. Oh, man. They want no part of Alec Burleson. Yeah, you're you're darn right. Uh, I would think that the Cardinal would give him the the hold sign here. It's not like them to be aggressive with a, a kid at three zero, but uh, the the fourth pitch is a ball outside. Why? Right. We got a we got a wall, Kyle, my friend. That was beautiful, man. Yeah. Great play by play there. We're gonna uh, put this on your resume, Kyle. Good stuff, man. <laughs> Hey, uh, thanks so much for joining us, Kyle. We'll uh, maybe we'll do this again this year. I talk well. We we carry Baltimore Orioles baseball here on Pirate Radio, so I talked to one of their bloggers, uh, Mark Brown, CamdenChad.com, quite a bit, and uh, it's been fun to talk to you today, man. So maybe we'll do this down the road. Maybe we'll see a Braves Cardinals playoff series again, and uh, maybe we can chat about that down the uh, the line. Hey, I'm a part of it, man. You guys are awesome. I appreciate it. And just one more time, I want to I want to thank you for having me on, but. Also to the ECU community for, uh, uh, like like I mentioned to you guys before we started talking, for ushering me into what is Pirate Nation. I, uh, I I honestly, I try not to be biased because it means a lot to me to not be biased, but I am now biased and I feel like I'm a part of ECU Nation. So, uh, uh, thank you for actually me be a part of it. That's fantastic. And once again, birdsintheblack.com, uh, Kyle, what, what can folks find, find there and uh, anything else you want to plug here today? No, man, I got nothing else. But go to go to Birds in the Black. There's writers there who are way smarter than I am, uh, and who do like really good stuff. And I don't write nearly as much as I wish I could. But uh, yeah, go check that out. And like the the premier Cardinal Twitter account is a guy named Cardinal Gifts. Uh, if you have any interest at all in the Cardinals, you're going to want to follow Cardinal Gifts on Twitter. And uh, it, yeah, that's don't follow me. Do not follow <laughs> other people. That's all I got for you. Kyle, had a lot of fun, man. Thank you so much, and uh, we'll talk to you again down the road. All right, take it easy, guys. All right, that is Kyle Reese, uh, birdsontheblack.com. You can follow him on Twitter, which he said don't, but follow the uh, the site, Birds on the Black. Uh, how about a – let's see. So if they score one, it'd be five, six, and then Burley could hit a grand slam to make it 11 to 10. How about so, those Nationals, baby? So the bases are loaded, one out, and Burley is in the hole. And unless they pinch it for him, uh, Dickerson or Pujols needs to reach. And if that happens, Burley could have another bat today. He is 0 for 3 with a walk, two uh, one run scored, and could get another at bat with uh, some runners on and a chance to try to keep this game going but the Nats all over the Cardinals 11 to 4 bases loaded for the cards in the bottom of the ninth. that's just what we do baby that's what we do in DC <laughs> Nationals 48 and 89 yeah, on the year. 40 games under 500 yikes well 41 41 excuse me yeah we're on the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard let's get the numbers right presented by the Buck the Buck take a timeout. we'll come back we'll let you know uh, if Burley gets that at bat and we'll talk some Old Dominion football with Harry Minium from ODUSports.com. What are his brothers doing? Back after this.
are listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Uh, Brown and Wood is your home of the best selection of GMC Cadillac, Buick, and Mazda in eastern North Carolina since 1937. Shop their entire inventory online at brownandwoodauto.com or visit them on Greenville Boulevard. Brown and Wood, Greenville's number one dealership and the home of the lifetime powertrain warranty. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Clip Brock. Alrighty, Hour 3, Pirate Radio Live here on a Thursday. Shirley Rhodes, CJ Schaefer, the Chan Man, and Clip Rock here with you. And uh, let's talk more Old Dominion football. Get to know the Monarchs a little better as we head out to the Pit Electric live line and talk to Harry Minium from odusports.com. He covers the Monarchs, and he joins us once again here on the program. Harry, thanks for your time. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Looking forward to coming down to Greenville Saturday. Man, should be a fun one. Absolutely. And, uh, and Harry, I guess my first question is, has the partying stopped up there in Norfolk? What a scene uh, last Friday as Old Dominion knocks off Virginia Tech and fans stormed the field. It was uh, quite a celebration on Friday night. Has, has everything kind of settled down and, uh, you know, moving on to week two now? Well, um, Ricky Ronnie asked, we, we asked Ricky Ronnie that at his press conference Monday, and he said when the players came in Sunday and watched the film of East Carolina, that's when the celebration stopped. <laughs> I mean, East Carolina, um, yeah, I'm, I'm writing a story for tomorrow at odusports.com. I, I think East Carolina may be the best team on ODU's schedule the rest of the way. You know, that's definitely better than Virginia Tech. You know, East Carolina's a 13 point favorite. But I must say, that was quite a scene. It's been a long time since we. It's been four years, actually, since we've had a moment like that to celebrate. It's uh, this program has been through some tough times. Um, you know, four and eight. Uh, excuse me, five and seven, four and eight, one and eleven. Uh, twenty seventeen, twenty eighteen, and twenty nineteen, and then twenty twenty we didn't play. So it's been Ricky Ronnie's been here two years now, and he's uh, he's rebuilding the program, and the fan base is coming back. And that one in eleven year, Harry, I was I believe that was the season East Carolina knocked off Old Dominion in, in a, a a close one uh in Norfolk and that was uh you know, Mike Houston's team trying to build something, Old Dominion not very good that season. And now as we sit here, a lot of those players uh are back for East Carolina this year playing as fourth, fifth year seniors. How about on the old Dominion roster? How how many uh familiar faces will we see from that game? Not a whole lot, actually. They, they, um, you know, Old Dominion had a lot of juniors and seniors on those teams. Quite frankly, the, um, the talent level was not where it needed to be. So, uh, Ricky Ronnie, uh, in his first year here, I think he had something like forty-five freshmen, including the walk-ons. Um, you know, he's he's totally rebuilt the roster. Uh, vast majority of the players that, that you'll see were recruited by Ricky Ronnie. There are some exceptions, like Nick Saldaveri. He's offensive lineman. He leads our offensive line. He was he was recruited by Bobby Wilder and Stephen Williams, Jr. I think he's playing his tenth season for us. I mean, he was seventeen when he came here, and I think he's like twenty four. He's a linebacker that was recruited by Bobby Wilder. Uh, and by the way, he's a quarterback turned linebacker. So yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, Harry Minium joining us, odusports.com, and uh, Old Dominion coming off that win over Virginia Tech. It'll be the Pirates and the Hokies. You mentioned that, uh, or Pir- uh, Pirates and Monarchs after the Monarchs beat the Hokies. You mentioned the line of the game, Harry. And look, every team's looking for an edge and the chip on the shoulder and all that. Vegas knows more than, than we do, more times than not, but I was very surprised. I was thinking Pirates by seven or eight maybe uh but that 13 that came out i think it was down to 12 and a half last time i looked but uh was that number surprising to you at all it was a, it was a little bit surprising but then again I, I think the people in vegas watched dc i mean you guys dominated in state it's, you know special teams you know yeah and that's i feel so bad for your kicker and i hope he wins some games this year with with clutch kicks because uh that's you know that the game doesn't come down to one or two plays it comes down to 30 or 40 as ricky ronnie always says but uh, i think one of the one of the things that that um las vegas has to be thinking is you guys are really going to be motivated after a tough loss like that you're angry and i mean and you dominated an acc team that was you know ranked in the top 15 um yeah so i'm not too surprised i was actually more surprised that tech was favored over old dominion quite frankly (laughs) I thought with this, you know, they're they're in a complete rebuilding mode. They have yeah. a new coach. We have 17 starters back on offense and defense. I was a little surprised that it, you know, it wasn't a pick'em game. Harry Minium joining us. Harry, speaking of special teams, uh, you know, Beamer ball is long gone, but we saw that snap over the holder's head. Old Dominion turned that into a touchdown. That was a big play in the game, and then a lot of. Uh, I guess a lot of defense, a lot of offense that that needs to pick up on both ends. How would you describe the uh, the game on Friday night there in Norfolk? It was kind of helter skelter. Um, um, our quarterback Caden Wolf did not throw well in the first three quarters. Uh, he came back in the fourth quarter and threw well, led him to ten points. Um, and Hayden's a good quarterback. Uh, we asked Ricky Ronnie about that. He said that Hayden was just a, a little too jacked up for the game, and when you're too jacked up, that's when you don't play well. And, uh, you know, that was, I think that was the case with several players. It's not surprising. Virginia Tech is a huge game for us. They, coaches always like to say they're all the same, but we know they're not. So, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was surprising. Uh, the quarterback for, um, Virginia Tech, of course, he played at Marshall last year and broke our hearts with a touchdown pass in the last minute that sent a game into overtime and then they beat us um he did not have a good game but i i rewatched the video uh on saturday and had four interceptions and at least a couple of those were forced interceptions those were interceptions that weren't because the throws were bad it's because our guys just played well and tech made a lot of other mistakes it was kind of a typical opener you know there were a lot of mistakes on both sides and i think both teams are going to be better i think tech is going to get a lot better uh, as the season goes as well Harry Minium, odusports.com, joining us. East Carolina Old Dominion go at it 6 o'clock. Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. Our pregame coverage begins at 2 o'clock on the Bud Light pregame tailgate. And, of course, we're with you after the game Saturday night on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. So, uh, Harry, the, the main weapons, uh, Mike Houston earlier this week talked about Ollie Jennings uh, in during his press conference. Five catches, 122 yards. By the way, uh, Wolf had 165 passing yards 122 of those go to Jennings so uh looks like he's the uh the man to mark on Saturday how good is he he's really good uh he he was a four-star recruit from the Richmond area who went to West Virginia and 
sometimes things just don't work out. He had some injuries. He had some confidence problems. And so he put himself in the transfer portal. And uh, he had known Ricky Ronnie because Ricky had recruited him. And so he came here and he got his confidence back. And he is really a good player. He's a lot, a lot of NFL scouts have, um, have asked about him. Um, he's, he's not, you know, he's not the fat, he's fast, but you know, he doesn't beat you with his speed. He beats you because he, he runs his routes well and he's smart. He knows when, for instance, you know, a route is, is out. He knows to, okay, I'm going to head back and Hayden's going to throw it to me. And, um, he just has an uncanny ability to, to, to catch balls that are difficult to bring in. Uh, the one guy who did not, uh, light up the scoreboard, you know, stats wise is Zach Koontz or six foot eight, 235 pound tight end. Uh, I think he only had one catch. Zach is, uh, he's a big target and they like throwing the tight ends. He just, they, they, um, they covered him with a lot of people, uh, Friday and that's why he didn't catch much, but he is, He's also a. He's also going to be playing in the NFL on Sunday. Yeah, heard a lot about him. Stephen Igo, Hoist the Colors, uh, talked about him yesterday as we were uh, breaking this one down. Old Dominion and Virginia Tech. How about defensively? You know, Harry, did that say more about those struggles the Hokies are going through as they rebuild, or is this a unit uh, that you expect to have good Saturdays week in week out? That that Old Dominion defense. Um, Blake Seiler, the defensive coordinator, uh, last year's defense at OD was probably the best we've had since we've been in FBS. And, uh, although we lost some couple, a couple of key players, um, Jordan Young, our all-time leading tackler, he has more depth and he has more talent and more speed this season. Um, yes, that defense is good. Uh, and it's going to need to be good against East Carolina. Um, and your quarterback is, uh, he's, um, He's a he's a he's a huge threat. Uh, he's Blake Seiler has uh, recruited most of these players on the team. Jason Henderson, a a um, he's a true freshman, had 18 tackles for ODU at middle linebacker. Um, yeah, the line is big. The cornerbacks and safeties are big and aggressive. It's a good defense. Harry Minium joining us today, getting you ready for East Carolina Old Dominion coming up Saturday, 6 o'clock, Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. And Harry, we talked during the summer, kind of doing a summer preview of ODU and talked a little bit about the uh, the Sun Belt there and how you like the fit. And, and it's kind of what college athletics uh, is all about, a, a nice regional flavor when you look at the Sun Belt East and then the Sun Belt West. And uh, I believe uh, we talked to David Hall, Virginian pilot, yesterday on the show. He said Old Dominion was picked you know, last in the East. And you look at the teams on paper, okay, somebody's got to be last, but this old Dominion team looks pretty darn good. I think it just speaks to how tough this conference is uh, top to bottom. Well, I was uh, I was in New Orleans at, at uh, Sunbelt Media Days with uh, JMU coach, Coach Ignetti. And, uh, you know, when I asked him, uh, uh, you know, about the poll, he just put his head down and said, why do they do that? Because <laughs> they picked up six and, you know, you know they're going to come after us anyway. And all that, all that more ammunition. You know, I don't know. I it was it was stunning to me. Um, you know, the Sun Belt is good, but when you've got 17 starters back from a team that was pretty good last year, last, you know, I just I just didn't see it. But I think a lot of that also speaks to the fact that people in the Sun Belt aren't very familiar with ODU, and yeah. you know, and quite frankly. You know, we're not very familiar with, you know, like Louisiana Monroe and South Alabama and those schools, which we'll, we'll be playing and we're going to become familiar with. 
Harry Minium, uh, how about the the Ricky Ronnie effect? We talked about last year the complete turnaround, at least from the the win loss perspective, uh, at the the middle of the year, and, and how they finished out twenty twenty one. How has he kind of rolled that into this season, Harry? And uh, man, he, he's got to have a lot of folks happy in Norfolk right now. The way he's building things, he really does. Um, you know, this is this wasn't a vintage Virginia Tech team, but as, but as you know. Um, you know, from following East Carolina's program through the years, we're not at the level that East Carolina is. You know, we haven't, you know, we haven't consistently beaten ACC teams like you guys have. So, and that's that's just a big deal when you can do it, especially when you can do it at home to beat an ACC team. He's and his his players have um, they've over they've overcome all kinds of obstacles because of Ricky's sort of and this sounds cliche, it's this one and zero mentality. Every day you try and do well in practice. You eat well, you know. You're always focused on what I can do now to get better, and try not to focus on things you can't control. They lost their offensive coordinator three weeks before the season started, and you know I thought that might be devastating. Um, yeah, but it wasn't. They named Kevin Reiner his uh, his successor, the offensive line coach, and boom, boom, things were you know they just went right back to where they were. Uh, Last, you know, in 2021, this team didn't play, and that was. And as a matter of fact, they weren't on campus; they couldn't practice. They were, they were taking uh, classes online. That was really hard um, during the COVID. A lot of players and some coaches um, lost relatives. We, they haven't. We haven't written a lot about that, but a lot of guys suffered major losses. Last year, they start the season one and six, and they lose three heartbreaking games. And they win their next five. This team has a lot of heart. I was on the sidelines and um, last Friday, and you know, one of the people with the booster club, you know, old Tech started out well. You know, they they two play uh, scoring drive, and then they stuffed our defense. And she says to me, "Oh gosh, we're going to get crushed." And I said, "No, these guys—they're not going to get crushed. They don't get crushed. They're going to come back, and they do. They just—they don't get nervous." Um, they're just kind of even keel all the time, and that's what Ricky's. That's how Ricky is. He he does get angry. I mean, you see him on the sidelines; he gets angry at refs, but he doesn't get too high or too low. He's been he's been enjoying it this week, but you know, he's all he's been talking about is East Carolina this week because that's what he's focused on. Talking to Harry Minium on the Pit Electric Live Line and East Carolina and Old Dominion will see quite a bit of each other uh, for years to come as uh, 2024 uh, game is scheduled uh, as well as 2027, 29, 30, 31. I'm looking at future schedules and and credit to the Old Dominion administration uh, there, Harry, because you've got, of course, a, an absolute bear of a non-conference schedule this year with the Hokies, the Virginia Cavaliers, uh, and Liberty along with ECU Next year, Wake Forest is on that schedule, and that's a home game. Uh, Virginia Tech uh, back at home in 2024. Indiana is on the schedule. South Carolina um, mentioned Virginia Tech and Virginia a few more times. So a very attractive schedule, I think, for uh, for ODU fans. And again, we talk about regionalism uh, in college football and to be able to play these in-state teams. That's awesome uh, for the Monarchs. It really is. Old Dominion has an unusual chance this year. They could sweep. They could sweep all the FBS schools. Uh, they, we, we host Liberty in a few weeks. JMU is obviously in our league, and we also at, at Virginia. So, you know, we're 1-0 with three games to go. Um, yeah, there, are, there are years in the future where we will, again, play all four teams. And having James Madison in our league is, is such a huge boost for us. And Conference USA, you know, our, our closest rival 
region, you know, I guess by as the crow flies with Charlotte, but our yeah. only real close rival was Marshall. We never developed a real rivalry with Charlotte. Well, we already have a rivalry with JMU. In the two years we played in the CAA, these fans absolutely hated each other, and the hate never went away. <laughs> you can see it online. They have just picked at each other for a decade, and I cannot wait for that game. Um, our last home game, it's, it's going to be an emotional packed place. Harry Minium joining us. Harry, uh, you, will you be making the trip to Greenville this Saturday? I, I will. I'm going to see my brother in Raleigh tomorrow, and then I'm going to drive over for the game. Awesome. Uh, good stuff. Looking forward to it. Yes, sir. Hope you uh, get some good barbecue and uh, enjoy your time here in eastern North Carolina. Harry, thanks so much for joining us here on Pirate Radio and uh, a lot of future meetings with these teams, so we'll certainly talk to you again down the road. I look forward to it. Thank you. Thank you, Harry Minium, odusports.com, covering the Monarchs. All right, uh, tell you what, Shirley, let's open up the old booty bag. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Booty, 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 everywhere. 317-1250. What are we giving away on this Thursday? Uh, why don't we do lunch for two at tiebreakers? Lunch for two tiebreakers can be yours. It is... Always a great time for tiebreakers, but man, football season. Mm, I'll be there Sunday. I'd argue uh, the best All right, Molly. TV setup in, when it comes to sports viewing yeah. in Greenville. Somebody asked the other day. I can't remember who it was. It was, uh, it was, it was Patrick Mason. Oh, yeah. How was the, he said, how's the TV setup? I not. We both said, Patrick, top notch. you got to go see it for yourself. Yeah, top notch. All right, 317-1250. Shirley, what call are you looking for? I'm going to go with color 8. All right, color 8, 317-1250. When we return, we'll talk football and gambling with the big man on campus, Stephanie Duke from Barstool Sports. He joins us right after this. Listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Do you want to get rid of wrinkles, tighten and lift your skin, smooth your skin texture, erase veins and brown spots, and get rid of unwanted hair? Are you interested in Botox or filler? Contact the licensed professionals at Beauty Bar Medi Spa on Red Banks Road in Greenville. Free consultations available by calling 752-1406 or visiting beautybarmedispa.com. Enjoy your visit. Love your transformation. And congratulations to Bobby Raspberry of Winterville. Picked up lunch for two at Tiebreakers. Tiebreakers is open every day at 11 a.m. and is the best place to watch your favorite sports while enjoying the best wings in town, along with sandwiches, appetizers, cold beer, and more. Follow Tiebreakers on Facebook and Instagram for daily updates. Tiebreakers in Greenville at Bell's Fork and in downtown Winterville on Railroad Street. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff. Bobby! Good win, Bobby. Bobby Raspberry is a regular at Sports Trivia at AJ McMurphy. My teammate. And uh, I will see you at Tiebreakers. I will see you at Tiebreakers on Sunday, and you can use that, me and you. Watching some uh, Panthers football? Yes, sir. As they take on the Browns of Cleveland. 
He did tell me on the phone to tell you guys to behave yourselves. <laughs> uh, what you and Bobby should do if you watch the game of tiebreakers is if the Panthers win, go over to AJ's because AJ's is the home yes. of the Cleveland Browns fan club. The back room is designated for Browns fans, and you can go uh, start a fight over there. I actually saw Justin Bear the other day, and I told him, I said, now I will not step foot in aj's i do not want to step into enemy territory because there is a lot of brains browns fans there on uh sunday so if we do win that's a good idea clip i might have to infiltrate aj's which i probably will anyway it's part of my triangle on sunday i will have to go over there early and let them know who won the game but we shall see cleveland and carolina coming up this sunday by the way congratulations to justin bear he is now the new eric ward yeah, I, I had not heard uh, about that information. I did until not know. I saw it, it on social media. Yeah, I did not know about it until I was at a volleyball game doing PA, and Parker Easton told me. Thank you for being here at work, by the way, today. No problem. You gonna be here tomorrow? I knew that was coming. Are you? No. All right. Aren't you glad it's not every Friday like last year? Can you be? Can you be grateful for something? Can, can you- I be grateful for you doing your job? I don't. I mean, no, I can't. That I is mean, what there's you, other things to be grateful for. I mean, I, I can be grateful for other things, but not this particular item. But I was. It was a every Friday thing. Now it's just a few Fridays. All right. So you're saying maybe by like two years from now you'll be here every Friday during football season. We'll have to see. We will. By the way, folks, this is him being mad because I'm not here. He loves me that much that he get, he really gets upset that I'm not here. <laughs> I mean, you don't understand. He gets so upset when I'm not here in the studio. Yeah, and that's and that's a fact. So, aren't you grateful for that? I, you know what? I am. I'm grateful for you. I'll say it. You won't say it to me, but I'll say it to you. I am grateful for Clip Brock. But he won't. You won't see it behind closed doors. He goes home to his family tonight. Family, family tonight, and he's going to cry. And his wife and his kid is going to go. Clip, what is wrong? And you're going to say Chandler is not going to be at work tomorrow because you're truly going to be upset. That's and I'm sorry. Works. I'm sorry that I have that kind of impact on you. Apology accepted. So many games to watch this weekend. Let's break down a few of them right now on the Pit Electric Live Line. The big man on campus, Jeff Nadeau from Barstool Sports, joins us. Big man, how you doing on this Thursday? Good, Cliff. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great, uh, and your your picks are doing great so far. The uh, The blog picks have been a success. That's a nice little feature. We uh, touched on it last Thursday, and uh, you've been doing pretty well with that, right, Jeff? Yeah, I had a great week one, and, uh, you know, obviously week one has passed, and it's time to worry about week two. You know, it's a week-to-week thing in this business, so you got to keep moving, and, uh you know, keep trying to put out good content. How do you, Jeff, uh, as a seasoned handicapper, not overreact to week one, but at the same time also you have, I guess, preconceived notions going into a year about a team, about a player, and at some point, you, you know, you got to say you were wrong and, and react to that. So, like, th- there's a balance with it, I guess. I mean, are there any examples of that that maybe uh, you're trying not to overreact when it comes to uh, what you saw last week in college football? Well, I mean, it really comes down. To, I think just trusting what I what I saw preseason, what I what I felt I'd see uh, once the season started, and you know, generally I'm I'm on with, with a lot of those predictions. Um, you know, I think for me, I, I just uh, try to, you know, 
not, as you said, overreact, but just, again, trust what I, I know and the research that I put in. And, you know, a lot of these teams, you know, keep the same coaches. And, and you can kind of understand which teams are just going to be those types of teams, what teams have strong quarterbacks and which teams don't. You know, generally, Kareem Rodgers did a top, and by week two and week three, we kind of know where we are. Um, you know, these teams don't change that much from year to year. Jeff Nadeau joining us. Jeff was on East Carolina, heck, late June, July. Uh, you had put in East Carolina plus 10.5. The line went up from there, uh, but you were on the right side, Jeff. And, yeah, we've talked about it. Should have won outright. Didn't win outright. And now they have an old Dominion team coming to town. ODU flying high after a victory uh, over Virginia Tech on Friday night. Line opened at 13. I thought it was a little rich, but look, they know more than I do, uh, and I'd seen it drop to 12.5. It's sitting at 12.5 total at 51.5. How about this? Old Dominion coming off a big win. East Carolina coming off a soul-crushing loss. What do you think about this matchup uh, on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, these are generally spots that ECU you know, played pretty well in for the most part. You know, I, I've kind of talked to you about that. You know, when you kind of look at over the last two or three years, this, this team has come up for these types of games. And, look, I'll be honest. I mean, Old Dominion got a win, but let's be real. I mean, it's likely that ECU is not going to turn a ball over five times uh, like Virginia Tech did. Virginia Tech is not a good football team, and they still almost won the game. Um, this is a game where if you're ECU, you should be focused and ready to go. I heard some decent things coming out of the locker room with, some of the players, obviously, they're disappointed, but you got to move on. Um, they were right in that football game, and I think there's a lot to take away from it. I thought their defense was very good, and I thought the offense did you know, normally what they do. They shouldn't have any trouble moving the ball and getting into the 30s. You have to remember, Clip, in that game against uh, um, Virginia Tech, Hayden Wolf was 14 for 35. They only had 84 yards rushing. This was not a good performance. They, again, were just gifted with five turnovers. As long as Holt Nailers and Keith Mitchell and those guys don't turn the football over, I think they cruise in this game. I think the line's actually pretty light. Um, this is a, a spot where East Carolina needs to go on a run. They need to win three straight games here and win them quite easily, or four games here, quite honestly, with Campbell, Navy, and UCF, USF coming up also. Uh, this screams like 38-17 to me. Jeff Nadeau joining us. Jeff uh, also uh, doing a lot of Twitter spaces and very informative, kind of laid back, low key. Everybody jumps in, ask a question about a game, and Big Man has a, an answer for every one of those questions. And the other night, I jumped on one, Jeff, and asked you about UCF and Louisville. And UCF 1 and 0, Louisville just looked awful in their loss to Syracuse. And now back on the road. Uh, for Scott Satterfield and the Cardinals. That is Friday night. And then another big one involving an American team, Texas Tech taking on Houston. Houston is uh, is ranked and, and hung on by the skin of their teeth against UTSA, one in triple overtime. They are three, three-and-a-half-point dogs to the Texas Tech Red Raiders. So how about those two American teams taking on uh, Power 5 teams, Jeff? How do you think UCF and Houston fare this weekend? I was a little surprised to see Houston as a three-point dog, especially with the fact that, you know, Texas Tech's not going to have their quarterback, Tyler Shuck, who went out with an injury last week against Murray State. Um, this is a Houston team playing with some big-time revenge. I-, I mentioned to you, I believe, that last year, Houston was a 21 nothing in this game against Texas. Yeah, first I remember that. Season. Yeah. yeah, and then they ended up losing 38-21. They were just completely boat-raced in the second half. 
you have to figure that's going to be on the minds of a lot of these Houston guys. I'm surprised to see Houston as a dog. I played them as a dog. In fact, I'm surprised to see it go up to three and a half. I felt like this was a field goal game either way. Um, as far as the US, UCF Louisville, listen, I'm kind of at the point now where I'm just kind of saying in this game, maybe I'm just going to take me over. I mean, I know UCF's going to score. I feel like Louisville's probably got the ability to put some points on a board as well. I felt like this was first to 35 likely wins. Kind of screams like 35-31 to me. Um, but then again, I could also see UCF winning 41-31. So I think it's a tough game. I think both Friday night games are tough. I mean, who really wants to run and back Boise after uh, that pathetic performance in week one? But again, you have to remember, you cannot overstate uh, what you saw in week one. The problem that Boise will have tomorrow night is I don't know what they're going to do a quarterback. It's not ideal that they had to bench Hank Buckmeyer week one. Yeah, that's not ideal uh, if you're a coach. Or they bench him in the first half, Jeff. I, I was watching some of that. I had Oregon State, so I was pumped. But I, they benched him early, didn't they? Like three turnovers or something. Yeah, he wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't good. I mean, they were down by twenty at the half, and and they really just cowered and, and went away. So um, yeah, you, you just have to take each game from each game and and, and just try to. Um, not worry too much. But then again, when we look at week one clip, here's another game that you, you see that's kind of interesting. Okay, I think one of the more interesting games of the weekend is Wake Forest Vanderbilt. We see Vanderbilt clip. They're 2-0. and Okay, They played Hawaii and Elon. Okay? They went to Hawaii. Then they played Elon. Elon moved the ball up and down the field on Vanderbilt. Now they have to go play Wake. Sam Hartman is back after blood clot issues. He's cleared the play. Vanderbilt is not good. Okay, Their record is 2-0, but they're not good. Wake Forest is fully healthy. They've got a solid defense, and they're well coached. This line has went up big once Hartman was ruled in. I think it should be 14 or more. Um, so you have to look at kind of week one and week two, or week zero and week one, and say, okay, what did I see that I don't believe in either? That's Vanderbilt. Uh, that's a good point. Jeff Nadeau, Barstool Sports, joining us, big man on campus. What we saw in week one was an absolute circus between Appalachian State and North Carolina, and they both have interesting road games this week. App State is a big dog to Texas A&M. Total is at 54, and North Carolina playing on the road at Georgia State. Georgia State gave South Carolina uh, some issues last week. Uh, Gamecocks were able to win that one, but how about those two teams from the state of North Carolina, Jeff? App State on the road at A&M, North Carolina taking on Georgia State. How did they respond from that crazy one they played last week? Yeah, if I were App State and Texas A&M, I would just play the under here. I mean, I think you're going to see a lot of people where they saw that game last week. App State is not a team that's going to run it out and shoot it out, I feel like, every week. This is much more of a tougher defensive ask. I think it's all going to be about the line of scrimmage here, and App State just hopefully not getting beaten off the line of scrimmage. 19 seemed a bit high for me. I think we see a bit more spirit of performance. I kind of thought this game was like 31-17 to me. Um, that being said, it's funny, Clip. I was asked, I, I'm, I got a blog coming out here, hopefully by the end of the afternoon, uh, where I took you know questions from users and I just did a, a mailbag sort of thing. And yeah. one of the questions was, what, 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 do you, what team do you see losing outright as like you know a, a big underdog or a big favorite? And, and I picked Georgia State. I feel like they can beat UNC. I really do. I, I've not been impressed by North Carolina. Look, I know they did what they did last week. But this is two straight road games for a freshman quarterback against another non-conference opponent. You have a, a big-time crazy game that they played. 
This is a team in Georgia State that I thought played pretty well given the circumstance. South Carolina is an elite defense. Their quarterback didn't play well at Georgia State, but this is a much softer defense. I think they make the game play a little easier. They were actually a very good run offense last year. I think Georgia State sits on the football. I think they have an opportunity to maybe upset North Carolina here. Remember as well last year, Georgia State lost 59-17 to a way better UNC team under Sam Howe. They don't have that same quarterback this year. I think this is a dangerous game for North Carolina. i got a feeling that Georgia State hangs around and keeps this one close. Bouncing around, week two, college football. Uh, You've got Florida, Kentucky, Alabama, Texas. I guess some of the big-name headliners, Jeff. What uh, what else did we not hit that you're uh, interested in for Saturday? You got a a freebie for us you're you're on? Yeah, you know, it's a game that I just wanted to talk about. I think one of the most interesting games in the card is Stanford-USC. I think a lot of people are going to look at this and say, why is Stanford only an eight-point dog in this game? Clip, keep in mind, this number opened 11 and a half. It's been bet down to eight. Okay. Let me explain something here. 90% of the bets coming in are on USC. Hmm. 52% of the money, though, is on Stanford. That means the biggest bets coming in, the smartest bets coming in, are on Stanford. This does not happen in these sorts of games. What I feel like shakes out here is you have a team in USC on the road, star studded, Lincoln Riley. How are they only eight point favorites? Stanford's a tough football team. They've got a good defense. They're going to run the ball. We know David Charles probably going to have something here. And I think they have a pretty good quarterback in Tanner McKee. Remember this. Oklahoma has, when he was at Oklahoma, Lincoln Riley, he was 5-12 and 12 as a road favorite. Okay? Mm. Not an ideal guy you'd want to back in this spot. This game screams close to me. Um, I'm going to lean on Stanford here to get the job done. This is a pros-Joe's game clip. Pros going to be on Stanford. Joe's AK squares are going to be on Southern Cal. Um, this one stinks. Jeff Nadeau, some great insight. Week two, you can uh, follow him on Twitter. Does a lot of Twitter spaces, of course, with Barstool Sports now. The blog uh, he puts out, he even put out a video where on Sunday, Jeff, you didn't even have a play really. You just kind of gave your insight on Florida State LSU, and you were on the you were leaning Florida State. You said you you saw uh, some offenses that may struggle in the game. And I, I went with the uh, Florida State and under parlay and hit it just off your word. So uh, you're putting out a lot of content for people to see and to help folks out. Uh, anything NFL-wise, Jeff? I know you're, you're more focused now right now on college football, but uh, anything you're uh, looking forward to on uh, tonight or on Sunday? Yeah, I, I, I'm. you know, it, it's so interesting, Cliff, because you, know, you wait for some of these games, you ask yourself, okay, are we going to see a key number, right? And I think it is so interesting if we see this Rams game go to three. That's an important number in this game. Have to remember, Bills have some issues on the offensive line right now. I know they have some kids in there that I'm not sure they're in exactly raring to see play. This is a very good defensive line. Also, keep in mind, Cliff, no Tredavious White to start the season. He's on PUP list. Kyer Elam and Dane Jackson are the starting quarterbacks. Uh, for the Buffalo Bills. Elam is a rookie. Dane Jackson is a young player. Um, They no longer have Cole Beasley. Will Gabriel Davis be the next number two receiver there? Will we see the same uh, Josh Allen, which I'm sure we will. But listen, if you're going to give me three points with the Rams um, at home, I'm going to lean on the Rams here. I think they get the job done. Um, There's no one on the Rams 
It's all Bills money coming in. I think the Bills have some concerns still coming into the season. I think they're the best team in football, though, as the season goes on. But I got a real question mark about this group early. I'm also going to say it now. I think the Philadelphia Eagles blow out the Detroit Lions. I know a lot of people are going to say, oh, this number's too close, whatever, whatever. They haven't sold that crowd in Detroit this week. I don't care. I think the Eagles are significantly better. I think this team is really, really focused coming into the week. But what I've seen down there, this team just is – it has shades, Clip, and I'm just going to say it. It has shades of the 2018 team. There's not any big-time attitude in the locker room. Everybody seems to be on the same page. The coaching seems on point. Uh, this defense on paper is going to be really good. I think this is one of those games where a lot of people are going to say, damn, I wish I'd have taken that. Um, I think this Eagles team is really good, and I think they proved that quickly on Sunday. I do, Clip, want to say before we go um, – as of Wednesday, the sit-down will be under the Barstool flag. It's okay. on Barstool's podcast network. I'm growing that show. I'm not only going to be doing gambling, but I'm taking that show. I'm hoping it is the next great crime podcast out there. It already is pretty popular, but I want to take it more and more. So i got a lot of content I'm preparing to do. I'm also working on an all-gambling show uh, once a week that will be on, uh, on the network as well, kind of giving people some of that real good gambling content. That's awesome stuff, Jeff. Uh, I've always enjoyed talking with you, and and have enjoyed watching uh, you know the growth and and what all you're doing right now. And uh, again, those Twitter spaces are fun. Do those kind of pop up, or do you have a schedule? Like, uh, do you know when you're going to do your next one? Nah, they're pretty spontaneous. Yeah, and I I probably will try to start doing some sort of Saturday thing, maybe a lot around eleven o'clock or something. But you know, for me, I, I'm just trying to stay busy and, and, and you know, again, do mailbag. Yeah. Like that. But like I said, I mean, once I start this weekly show, I think it's going to be on every Thursday. So I, I'm going to I'm gonna try to do that as kind of the main college football show. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, anytime I can help people, that's the goal. Awesome stuff. Nadu, thanks for joining us today, man. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, Cliff. Talk to you next week. Big man on campus, Jeff Nadu, joins us Thursdays. We'll also catch up with him Saturday on the Bud Light pregame tailgate. Let's uh, get our final break in. We'll come back. You're ready to wrap up this Thursday edition of Pirate Radio Live. We got more after this. Listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. And for the latest breaking news, interesting stories, and awesome contests that can make you a winner, be sure to follow Pirate Radio on our social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at PR927FM. Join the over 59,000 followers today. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff. All righty. Getting ready to wrap up a Thursday edition of Pirate Radio Live. We've got the Bills and Rams tonight for you on Pirate Radio. Coming up Friday at noon, it's the UB Pirate Preview with the voice Jeff Charles. One hour uh, as he'll uh, talk to guests, including Troy D., LRB, Stephen Igo, and more coming up on the show so i uh, got that on friday got pirate radio live three to six got the high school huddle six to seven got conley football on friday night then saturday at two bud light pregame tailgate after the game u.s sailor fifth quarter call-in show 
and then Sunday, triple header mm. NFL action, and then Monday, Delcor Players Lounge on Pirate Radio Live, Brian Bailey Show, Monday Night Football, and it just don't stop. It don't stop, won't stop. That's like a conveyor belt of content and programming and football and everything you want in life. And I'm just glad to be a a cog in the machine, a spoke in the wheel. Shirley, CJ, Chandler. Word. Enjoyed it. Word to your mother. I enjoy my time with you. I enjoy my time with you. Chandler, see you Saturday. I can't see wait you Saturday, to see everybody buddy. tomorrow. Oh, wait. See, I wasn't going to do that, but he did. I'm I wouldn't, sorry. I wouldn't talk, Mr. NASCAR. Dang it. Mr. NASCAR. I do appreciate that, though. That used to be your name. I know. Now it's yours. All right. We will uh, see you fine people Friday, 3 o'clock on Pirate Radio Live. For the crew here, I am Cliff Brock. Enjoy the football tonight. So long, everybody. Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation.